This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. Like, I, you know, I've been doing well with GPs and there's this, like, 5GP rule and all that stuff and I might skip some GPs towards the end of the year or skip some GPs I don't really want to go to. But at the same time, there's also this rule that if you can drive to a GP, what the fuck are you doing not going? <laughs> sure. Good rule. Uh, like- Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mice they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-T. KYT. He looks at me, are you a pro? Not really, I just have a website. Then he goes, is it a pro website? <laughs> Jay Boosh. They're like, holy fuck, we're both over here, man. We both can't be over here, man. Scotty. Like, I stared him right in the face. I'm like, I'm only here for the buys. He's like, so you only want the buys. I'm like, once again, I am only here for the buys. <laughs> and Jeremy. As the 18th fourth member, I promise the listeners that I will get that man to talk more. <laughs> that is my commitment to you. And now, the 18th. Yo, it's the A-Team on Manapry.com, brought to you by Jay motherfucking MacGyver Boosh, who is on this episode because he figured out how to attach external headphones into internal headphones into a microphone into some external speakers, crank up the volume, Macklemore, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, there's also featuring Mr. Scotty Mac. Hello. And uh, uh, we have Scumbag Schofield has joined us. Oh my goodness, really? <laughs> coming to Weiner, Weiner Extraordinaire, and uh, and Batman, fucking what, intrepid hero. What was it called? Something KYT. I'm, I'm fabled hero now. Fabled hero <laughs> yeah. with like the douchiest uh, fucking flavor text of all time. Oh, it's po- good. Oh, poet, write this down. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Episode 145. What's happening? So you're back. I'm back. You're I'm all back. married and shit, and you're all honeymooned and stuff, so, uh, how'd it go? It was fucking sweet. The wedding was okay. It went off without a hitch. Yep. It was perfect in terms of, like, a wedding. Um, right? Because, uh, nothing bad happened, and there was no drama, actually, as far as I know, unless Scott knows of some that I wasn't privy to. And, um, what else? Um, yeah, and so that was great. The only thing, like, weddings are shitty. Like, if anyone is like, oh, man, should we have a wedding? Like, the answer is always just, like, fucking nope. Because you get to see everybody for, like, five minutes, and then you spend all the money you've ever had ever in your whole ever. And then also, uh, like, it's expensive and shit. So, just, like, if you can, what you should do is just marry the woman of, or the man of your dreams. And then just go somewhere and do that by yourselves or with your parents or something. And then uh, come back and just have, like, a big reception party, which is a, effectively, like, a wedding. And then that's, like, that's like a hundred times better, I find. Just do that. 
That's my advice. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty sweet. <laughs> pretty sweet. So, did you, uh, so you, you went to Vegas for your honeymoon? Yep, which is fucking cool. We'd never been to Vegas before, and that was very cool. Uh, there's, uh... Where'd you stay? We stayed at Planet Hollywood, nice. which is really cool, because there's, like, movie-themed rooms in every... Or, uh, every room is movie-themed. So we first got the Jaws room, which was really cool, but had a shitty view. So then we called them. We were like, yo, we're on our honeymoons and shit. So you got to hook us up with that view, dog. And then this really sweet Mexican lady was like, I don't know what you're saying. And she put us on the 35th floor facing the Bellagio. Whoa. Like the fountain show, like like in Ocean's Eleven and shit. Uh, and then, so that was pretty, pretty fancy. And what was the name of that room? What movie theme was that? Ah, it was something called, like, the Black Hole from, like, the 70s or something. It was pretty shitty, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, but the view was nice. The view was fucking super great. <laughs> couldn't, a... couldn't beat the view. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Was so it was Disney's the Black Hole? Yeah, like, it was from the 70s, and it's got, like, some guy dressed like Elvis, but apparently that's what a space suit looks like. And, um... That, that, that movie was really good. Sure. <laughs> You heard it here first. The movie was good, but the room sucked. Yeah. It's got, like, a big wooden, like, laser gun. Like, it has props and shit from the movie, and it's like a wooden laser gun for, like, the gun part. It was pretty fucking deplorable. So. What'd you guys do? Oh, man, there's, like, infinite things to do in Vegas, and uh, there's not enough time to do anything in Vegas. So, (laughs) yeah, so, like... It was, like, sweet in that regard that basically, like, you just, like, you just do millions of things, but there's nothing to do, per se. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we went to a comedy show that was sweet. We went to, we spent all day at, like, a a hotel, um, like, lazy pool type of deal. Um, And, like, it's at the MGM Grand. It's got, like, a lazy river or something it's called. That was pretty sweet. And, uh, hmm. Did you get drunk in public? Oh, my God. Uh, I certainly did. It was so wicked that you could, like, fucking buy... You can buy beer and then just walk down the street with it. Yeah. Fucking so amazing. <laughs> um, so I did that a lot. Uh, and the beer's, like, $3 for a king can. Nice. $3. Everything else is expensive as fuck. Like, Vegas, you, like, get this impression that's, like, cheap, and you're gonna, be like, get sweet stuff, and, um... Yeah, you have like, to go up to Fremont for that. Yeah, but it's like, but yeah. it's like expensive as fuck. It's like for holler holler, get dollars. That's it. That's the only people that's going to pay. But like, you want a you want a three dollar beer and shit. Oh yeah, that is that's the ticket. You get that all day. Or one dollar waters. Yeah, one dollar waters. Yeah, you can't even, hot dogs. You can't even get that shit in Canada. One dollar waters. <laughs> yeah. They have like a water ban in Vegas. You're not allowed to like water your lawn. Well, nobody has lawns. It's Vegas. They've, they've That's why? It. Because they can't water them. Hmm. Yeah, well, there you have it. Scumbag Schofield just coming at me. <laughs> he, he hates and loves the nickname. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. So how long yeah. were you there? Like a full sweet. week? Yeah, Tuesday to Saturday was pretty sweet. We went and saw fucking two shark sharkquariums, which are fucking so ridiculously wicked. And, uh... And then what else did we do? We saw, oh, we saw some tigers and lions and jaguars and dolphins. A fuck ton of dolphins. When you go see dolphins, you don't expect there to be like 10 or 20 dolphins. There's like fucking 12 dolphins in this place. 12. 
Wow. Yeah, what the fuck, man? That's crazy shit. 12 dolphins. There's like two dolphins you expect. 12. So that was cool. And it was hot as fuck. Uh, it was like 45 Celsius degrees there. It was like 110 the whole time. But it rained every day. Ugh. It was weird. I mean, the, the raining was fine. It was like nice until 2, and then it would rain till like 6. And by the time 6 rolled around, we were just ready to fuck and go to dinner, right? You're not doing nothing else at 6. Come on. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's fine. And I didn't see nobody. I went, and, I went to go see, like, uh, Sean, uh, the guy that I met in GB Portland, and signed his bag. Oh, yeah, that guy. But, that guy, right? But, uh, but I couldn't see him because uh, he um, wasn't working the day that I went, and I didn't have Wi-Fi or, or anything there at all. So it was, like, it was shitty because, like, I couldn't, I couldn't like, talk to anyone or get anything from anyone or anything like that, right? So mm-hmm. that kind of sucked. Um, but yeah, and then where did we go? Oh, I, I didn't get to see Heather or anything. Uh, that would have been kind of cool, but she was obviously working and stuff. And so that didn't work out. <laughs> it never works out with being her either. No. Did you go I mean, to Lotus? Did I what? Did you go to Lotus? No. I don't know what that is. The Thai place. That yeah, the it... thing is, the thing with Vegas too is like, because there's a million things to do. Like, so we went there, we did a bunch of shit and then. Like, when we came back, I had to go to the dentist, like, right away. And then I told my dentist, like, all the stuff that I did. And she was like, oh, wow, I've never heard of any of those things. We've been to Vegas, like, ten times. I was like, I'm not lying to you. These things happened. We went there. She's like, yeah, no, I believe you. It's just there's a million things to do there. I was like, yeah, there's fucking too many things to do there. And it's all expensive. What the fuck's up with that? So, yeah, so we did all that stuff. But everybody's telling me to go places. I didn't have time to go to any places. Uh, We did go to that mall thing. The outlet mall. We went to the south one. It's like an outdoor place. And man, I got like I got like a thousand dollars worth of clothes for ninety bucks. It was buy one get two free. Somehow they make money on this. And I go in there. I'm like, oh, look at these golf shirts. Look at these golf shorts. Look at this golf X. Look at this golf Y. That's pretty sweet. Uh, let me buy all this motherfucking shit. Then we get to the till, and she's like, oh, that'd be three hundred and eighty-five dollars. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good deal. Three hundred and eighty-five dollars for like a million dollars worth of clothing. No problem. No problem at all. Right. And, uh, and then she like, she goes, oh no, I haven't given you any of your discounts or anything yet. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So she rings in the discounts. It comes to $91. 91. Uh, yeah. I was like, this can't be real. She's like, oh no, it is. I was like, oh, I also have a 10% off coupon. She's like, oh, okay, no problem. Comes to $80. Nice. Okay. Sweet. (laughs) So that was fucking sweet. And, uh. But, I mean, that took, like, a whole day. And holy shit, my feet hurt for, like, st- my back still hurts, man. You know what I'm saying? So, Vegas is a cool place. Nice. It's a very cool place. And the flights were good? No problems coming back? No, there was, like, a baby on the on the flight home, but it was all right. It only kind of sort of made noise, you know? So it was, like, fine. And, um, yeah, the flights were fine. They take, like, two and a half hours. Like, it's kind of long. You got, like, not a whole lot to do, but, eh, it's not a big deal. Cool. Yeah. Sounds awesome. That's That's Vegas. Oh, and Megan, we didn't do any gambling except for Megan would always put in, if we had, if we saw uh, one of those big, what's it called, slot machines, she would play the slots. Yep. And, uh, and so, um... Anytime she put money in the slot, she put like $2, $4. Anytime we had a one. And anytime she put money in there, she would just win like a thousand percent of what she put in. Like she, she put in two bucks. She lost on the first one. 
Then she fucking hit two hundred dollars. Wow. Uh, okay. Yep. Then on the next one, she hits. She puts in. She she's like, oh man, we won like five bucks. Then she goes down to one. She's like, last one goes back up to seven. And then you know she's like, oh, let's do it again, whatever. And then she hits one hundred fifty bucks. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like it was fucking. It was crazy. And then on the second day, basically we just ran out of money. Like she <laughs> she stopped winning, and it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting here like putting in like you know I put in like twenty bucks like lose 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 lose. Fuck. Yeah. Well, that's shitty, dude. Yeah, Vegas gambling gods are not good to me. That's all right, though. I didn't go there to gamble. I mean, I figure when you go there with the boys, you go to gamble, but when you go with your wife, like, you're not really yeah. gambling, you know, unless she wants to gamble, and she doesn't know anything about gambling. Yeah. That's that's my bachelor party, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's only a good reason to go to Vegas. <laughs> oh man, and it was so funny because there's all these guys and they'd be like, You wanna go to the strip club? And before you could even say like I'm with my wife, man, they just go, Titties in your face. <laughs> I'm like, so you're just, you're just walking down the street, got McDonald's in your hand, whatever, like you wanna go to the strip club? Titties in your face, titties in your face. And you're like, Oh man, titties in my face? That's great. <laughs> yeah, and then like the, the really cool thing too, there's like all these mascots down in Vegas. Like like there was Bumblebee from Transformers and shit, and um, Mario and Luigi. And, like, all this kind of cool, cool stuff. And so, like, they're all just getting pictures taken and stuff. But you don't have to tip them. But you should tip them. But I don't know. I'm, I'm Canadian. I don't really know how that works. I don't really feel like tipping those guys. I don't feel like they're doing anything. But uh, it's cool. That's, that's awesome. That, yeah. that's, that's all you got? It was just it yeah. Was cool? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, Vegas is a hard place to describe. It's like, it's nuts. I mean. Would you go back? Oh man, I'm a, yeah, absolutely. Go back is it is it like 100. bright? Is it like daytime at nighttime because of all the lights? No, not even close. Uh-huh. It's very dark. It's very dark, and like the, there's not like everybody that's on the strip is a fucking super loser. Like, like all the <laughs> they're either all like like the pro, like not the people, right? Like the people are whatever, but but all the like the Jobins on the strip that are trying to like make dollars, they're like magicians and all they do is make pun jokes that are fucking terrible and then they uh do shitty magic tricks that are terrible and then they just fucking like that's it that's the whole thing and then it's like oh my god like i don't want to give you any money and he's like and then they go into this big spiel about how they only make money from tips and blah 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 and that's how they make their living and you're like oh my god i feel bad for you you must not make very much money and it's just like, uh, I don't want to pay you anything, you fucking waste. Yeah. So that's, like, an interesting part of... And then, like, there's all these people that are just, like... They're like, oh, like, come get your... I don't know, your shit. And then do this and do that. And you're just like, I don't want to do any of this. I don't ever want to do this. Any of this stuff. Uh, and they're like, oh, buy this here. Buy this. Buy that. And you're like, ah, fuck. Fuck off. And then everybody is... um. Everybody is like trying to get you to go to a timeshare for like three hours. So yeah. much so that they'll like so much so that they'll give you like five hundred dollars of slot machine stuff and free tickets to shows, and shows are expensive as fuck, and all this stuff just to get you to go to a timeshare like meeting. And they will just harass the fuck out of you. Like and they all wear like suits and then they stand in the hotels and sometimes they're even behind desks. So they look like they fucking work there. And you're like, oh, do you know where the, do you know where I could find like this? And they're like, oh yeah, just come right over here. And then they launch into a spiel. And we're like, fuck, fuck, we just got away from one of you motherfuckers. We just got away from you. So, 
That's like that's the bad part. But I mean, like you gotta be a tourist, I guess. You gotta just do whatever. Well, so did you listen to our episode last week? Uh, nope, I didn't have any time to do that. Sweet. Okay. So we talked about how much fun we had at your wedding and how amazing it was and how much we yeah. love you. How was that? It was good. How was not me being not being around for two weeks? Uh, it was well. I mean, like everyone else is just wanting to slit their wrists waiting for you. So that's cool. You're back now. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So that's it. So you did miss uh, KYT spoiler this week, though, didn't you? No, I saw it on Twitter and Reddit or something. Did you? The the it's like a two two first strike for two or something, and then when Fable target- Hero get it right. <laughs> when you when you target it, it gets a plus one or some shit. Right. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? I mean, I think it's the best spoiler you've had. <laughs> What does that even right. mean? Right, because like you had what yeah. appetite for brains and lumen, lumen, something. <laughs> we had we had Nivik Cyclops. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. That was pretty right? good. And Slaughter Games is. Uh, oh our- fuck! Slaughter Games was one of our previews or your preview. Like, yes, oh, yeah. shit. That's depressing. <laughs> it was played a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And so has appetite for brains for some. For some reason, I underestimated the amount of play that that card would get. Absolutely. I thought, yeah, I thought it was shit, but uh, man, it's an all-star in certain decks and certain sideboards. Uh, so, really surprised me. Really thought when I got it from Wizards that, yeah, yeah <laughs> but it's yeah. much better. Than I thought. So, what do you think? Obviously, this card is a house. Well, not in limited. It's really, oh, really yeah, good. in in limited, it's like unbeatable, right? Slam dunk. So. What do you think about Unconstructed, Jay? I don't know. Like, I don't... I feel like I don't like any of the Theros cards for Constructed, because I feel like... <laughs> whoa, well, first of all, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All the cards, whoa, are, all oh the cards are powerful, right? And so in Limited, I feel like this set's going to be just fucking garbage, because it's just going to be, like, <laughs> really, really bomb-oriented. Like, I'll be like, oh, it's cool. You got two gods in your fucking draft or your sealed pool. Sweet. Okay, cool. I, I'm drafting people that do things, and it's a good deck, but... Oh no, it's it's cool. I didn't get any of these mythic rares that you have that are just unbeatable. Uh so that's sweet, sweet. Um and then I feel like in constructed it'll be like I don't know, it it just feels like it's gonna be like similar to the Thrag Tusk beats, where everybody's just gonna be like, turn one, two, one, turn two, three, three, turn three fucking four four, turn four, eight, twelve, turn ten, twenty-eight, thirty billion. It's just like con. And then, like, these new fucking lands that are shitty. I don't like those. Oh, my God. So. Uh, I'm not <laughs> depressing the entire A-team. I'm not very excited. What, would you, did you guys already bitch about this, and then you thought I'd come in and be the voice of reason or something? No, we no. are. No, we're all, like, upping. We're yeah, we're of psyched. course you are, you fuckers. <laughs> and you're like, oh, everything's of shitty. Course. Let me just wipe of my course. ass with your entire set. Fuck yeah. you guys. Yeah. Of course you are. How how surprised am I that you guys love everything? Fucking jokes. <laughs> Not everything. Yeah, There's tell a me lot card. of good things in this set. Tell me, tell me a card you don't like. What cards didn't you guys like? The good ones? <laughs> no, um, I don't like the bird counterspell. I don't like... Um... I don't like Elspeth. I do like the bird counterspell, but I don't like Elspeth. Um, I don't like half the gods, at least. Yeah, well, it's because half of them are bad. Okay, well, that's fine. I don't like them. That's good. <laughs> He's allowed to. Yeah, 
<laughs> I I don't like uh, I don't like the bestow creatures. The cycle I think is just like way overcosted, and they seem really like arbitrarily chosen from a like cost and and ability standpoint. Really? Yeah. So we it went seems th- fucking wicked to me. See, and I'm sure they're they're great in limited and in constructed. They can basically suck both of my balls and gargle my. Yeah, they're, at the same they're time. terrible. Like, it's so bad. Cards, obviously. But like, but like, even so, if you look at like the black one, for example, it's got a bestow cost that's like. It's just, they're all strange. Like, for Intimidate, you get the plus one when you instead should basically get, like... Oh, God, hold on. I'm going to pull this up. Basically, the, the the bestow cost is, like, one higher than it should be relative to the other cards of the cycle. Like, the Flying right. one has a lower bestow cost than the Intimidate one, and they both give the same bonus. It just seems stupid to me. Okay. Things like that. That's what I mean. Like, they don't seem like they're balanced at all, and if they are, it seems like they're balanced incorrectly. Well, I think that Intimidate is a better evasion ability than Flying is. So I feel like it might not be like correct that they that they gave it plus one, but I feel like it's not like it's not like poorly designed in a, in that fashion. Because hmm. I think it is a better better ability than Flying. Like less things can block your Intimidator than can block your Flyer, right? So that's relevant. Okay. It's an interesting perspective. I'm not sure I share it, but I'm not educated enough to argue with you. Yeah, I just mean like so like all flyers well, can block going. flyers, we'll right? Right? Like all flyers can block flyers, but only matching creatures can block your guy and like sure. artifact creatures which is almost irrelevant. No, so that, like that's fair. So like having to match the color is a lot more I guess like random than having either a reach creature or a flying creature, because almost every color can deal with that, whereas, like, if I'm playing the black Intimidate guy, and you're not playing black, which is, you know, one of four, instead of every color being able to deal with it, like, mm. so, I I mean, like I said, I don't know if, like, adding one to the cost is correct, but I think that's probably why they did it, because it's just a better ability. Yeah, so. I would I, I would probably agree with you, uh, I'd probably more readily agree with you, if not for the fact that we've got, actually, the highest concentration of multicolor cards in a non-multicolor set, since yeah. Mirage. Yeah, I saw that too, yeah. Right? So, I mean, like, if if we were, if that didn't exist, like, I get that there's a notable uh, absence of artifact creatures. Like, there, there, there's none, right? Like, one. The fucking horse, right? That's it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, I get that. So, in that case, I agree with you, but, like, I just, I don't know. Maybe the multi, uh, maybe there's not enough black multicolor, and maybe it's just everything else multicolor, but I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's, it is, maybe it isn't, uh, I don't know. But I can't disagree. I can't, like, argue with you. I just, I'm not sure. It feels like flying has always just stereotypically been the optimal ability on a creature. That's oh, yeah, it is, it is for sure. But I mean, like, you have to agree that Intimidate's better. Like, even if, even if you're playing with multicolored creatures, you're not, you still have less multicolored of the same color than you would have of just every color having flyers or reach. Sure. Like like that's still that's still something that like you're gonna have less of. Um, and then I mean there's no there's no card that says destroy target creature with intimidate, but there's lots that say destroy it with flying and just stuff like that, right? So it's just it's just one of those things. Like it it probably doesn't make a whole lot of I guess sense. Like I think it's not worth it, but I think that's probably what their basis for that was. Makes makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so, like, I don't know, I'm just, like, I'm not excited for, I'm just not excited for the set. I find, I feel like in Limited, it's I'm just going to be disappointed by it a lot. Like, I'm just going to get blown out by the just Jobins that are playing Top Deck Dragon. And then I think in, I don't know how 
constructed is going to go, but it just, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm just not excited for it. And the thing is, too, is, like, everybody that's talking about the spoilers is just bad. Like, I, you guys know that I hate spoiler season because I don't like listening to bad players tell me what cards are good. And that's all that's happening with this spoiler season. It's like, oh, man, Mono Red, and I'm going to play the Mono Red God. And it's like, really? Like, the Mono Red God costs four. So... Like, when you go turn one guy, turn two guy, turn three guy, and then your mono-red god, like, what fucking cards are in your hand that you're getting sweet value from that guy? And, like, and they're just like, oh, well, it just... And it's like, you know, just because you're playing those colors, you don't force that god in there. Like, I don't think that god is a hyper-aggressive thing. Like, I don't... like. And then they just, you know, it's just, like, big arguments and shit. It's just like, I don't fucking care about any of this. So, I'm not super... I'm not super jacked for it. It's fair. Alright, so um, anything else that we want to talk about, about uh, sort of the spoilers and last did week? You guys, did you guys see the fire breather thing? The the the, the, uh, the fucking worst Jack- card ever? Jackal Pump? Jackal Pump? Yeah. That's fucking sweet! Are you high? That card's so bad! No, it isn't! It's so bad! Jackal oh, Pump was good in 1997. Welcome to so fucking good. today. It's so good in cube. I'm gonna fucking jam it in there, and it's, it's better be- than Jackal Pup in cube if you're playing Jackal Pup in your cube. But I think what you fucking- do, everybody does. Sure, it's, but in the, I- it's in the power cube for fuck's sake. Okay, but like today, like you play you you play that oh, in yeah, standard. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, of course, of course it is. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well that's what I wanted. Okay, fine. Sure, it's a cube. It's a cube plant. Good, good on you. Yep. Yeah, and I think it's still probably good enough and probably limited. I'd probably play it too. I think you'll see some constructive play. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, bad players will play it, of course. Yep. Like, uh, I don't know, like, again, like, it's, uh, yes, it's, it lives in the world of bears and everything like that, but, like, if your Rakdos Cackler can pump and do three damage, like... Yeah, but it doesn't. It's not a Rakdos Cackler, right? It's like, not a Rakdos Cackler, no. It eats your face? Yeah. No, it's very bad. Uh, you like, can trade life in that deck. I mean, I mean, it's going to be fine to have that guy, but he's not as good as Cackler, and he's not as good as Noble. You don't think he's as good as Cackler? No. No. I think Foundry Street, Foundry Street, Denison, and Cackler are your two uh, one-drops. Plus the Legion Loyalist is one-drop too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there's no need for this guy. At all. Firebreather Satire? Anyways, that, that's my opinion. That's my line in the sand. I haven't even seen this guy. Yeah. He's, yeah, just he, a, he's just a 2-1 that deals damage to you when he gets dealt damage. He's literally he has a fire pump with fire breathing. Yeah. But also, when you use the fire breathing, it deals damage to you also. Yeah, like one point for each. Oh one. yeah, 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 yeah. So like he's like a he's a fucking trap. This guy is just a trap. In my opinion. <laughs> me, me and Jeremy are unconvinced. We're like, oh my <laughs> no, this guy's terrible. You wait and see. You wait and see. Yeah, he's gonna. I just bad. like I I just I I see the pump part of it, and I just say like, you know, like could that come in handy? You know, I haven't played enough Mono Red to really say anything about it, but it just seems like the fact that I can get like that one more power out of him. And sure, yeah, I'm probably going to yeah, take absolutely. it, but what I'm doing is I'm going to trade this guy up, but it, yeah. it's like, in a mono red deck, it's like, if I'm really caring about my is, life total, like, am I actually going to win this game? No, of course not, but, like, that's all, I think he's only going to be good in perfect scenario situations, yeah. right? Like, like the thing is, he's going to be great, he's, he's like a, he's similar to a Delver, except for that he's 100 times worse because he's not blue. Like, in a, in a Delver deck, you can pl- afford to play this fucking arguably terrible card, but you can back it up with, like, Equipment, it's a 3-2 instead of a 2-1. Why it is also... Cackler better than this? Because because Cackler doesn't <laughs> murder you. Cackler will never kill you. Yeah. But does that matter? It does. It like, that's, okay, hold on. It, hold on, hold on. We have... because, 
We have Magma Jet, we have the new, we have Lightning Blast or whatever, we've got War Leader's Helix, we've got uh, infinite fucking 4-4s, four and we have a Forest Reckoner. It also doesn't If there was a common removal spell that we were going to see that they printed in this set that says, do two damage to your creature and two damage to your face, would you stop playing Cackler? Like, like I, I understand no, that no, he but that's I understand that when you hit him, it hits me. But no, I but, just, I, okay, I don't but what you're understand not listening, you're why not listening. that... You're not listening, you're not listening. Okay. Okay. So if you're comparing this to Cackler, first of all, when you hit this guy, he hits you. That's worse yeah. than Cackler not blocking, because you're not blocking in mono red anyway. And also, this guy does pump, which is excellent, which is better than a Cackler's ability. Except for, when you pump it, it hurts you. So And, and it doesn't pump his toughness. So at best, what are you doing? You're pumping him and taking four damage to trade up with something that's really big and then taking more damage? Like, what the fuck? Why would you ever fucking do that? So why it, why would you ever him. why would you ever fucking play mono red and then you're like okay attack you with like like if you have hero of oxid ridge or you have like uh like some big fucking like uh like hellkite where you're like play this guy then fucking attack with everyone then then see if you block him or not. If you block him, then I don't have to pump, or I can pump to kill your guy if I'm going to lose on the backswing. Or if you don't block, I can pump to kill you all the way. But that's, like, unfortunately, that's not happening because we don't have any cards like that. We don't have a Hero of Oxid Ridge or a Hell Rider that make this guy, like, super good when you're going, like, guy, 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 and then you're dead if you don't have a Supreme Verdict, Yeah. right? We don't have that right now. But it's so just if like, they, if they I, I think of like the like blue that, decks that are going to be doing the 1-3 the guy. They're going to have the 1-3 scry guy. And it's like, that card is just going to shut down so many aggressive decks. And it's like, you know, it's like, I don't have to spend a card in my hand to just get rid of them. And it's like, oh no, I take a couple points of damage. But again, like, I don't really care about my life total. I care about his yeah, life. Yeah, but, the, but the, that's the, exactly the point. You care about his life total. And you know how you lose with red deck wins is you lose the race. Yeah. And you know what you do when you lose the race is you let, even if they're marginally ahead, then you start pinging yourself for fucking five because you pumped. And then all they do is magma jet that guy. Now you took seven, sank all your <laughs> mana, and then they fucking supreme verdict your team. Yeah. Like, I'm, or I, worse, I, or I, worse, I, fucking slagstorm your team. And yes, then what? And then what? But that's the thing. If you're not attacking, you might as well just concede. Yeah, but, don't, but then don't attack with this guy. That's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Like, but, like, build, maybe you need to attack with this guy. Build okay. Monored, don't put this guy in it. This guy, put, or put him in it, but, but understand that this guy isn't Ron Jeremy's giant cock. Yeah. This no, guy, I, I don't think I don't, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying that, like, this guy. But it's better than Cack, which it isn't. Okay. I, I think it's better than Cack. Okay, so we, so we, have, we have ourselves, obviously, the good old fashioned standstill and i think this is a very good opportunity for us to bring in an impartial judge with an experienced opinion to try to like break the tie so we can move forward because we'll yell at each other for the next hour are we okay with this no <laughs> yeah, <we are. laughs> yeah. i don't care i'm right. not like arguing to like win any internet arguing. No. just just makes me go what the fuck though <laughs> the picture is fucking horrible yeah absolutely terrible, terrible. <laughs> All right, so I don't need to see this guy's pores. So we've got. <laughs> so we we've just added our impartial judge. Some of you may know this uh, fine gentleman from his time in the limelight on a number of Grand Prix and and some notable uh, wins. And KYT also has had a uh, many a grindy match against uh, this individual. Uh, he is a Star City Games premium author, uh, content provider, most notably known for his modern prowess, uh, has been clearly 
labeled the modern format master by almost everybody on this show, ladies and gentlemen, Ari Lax. Well, Ari, you're here. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's awesome. Uh, so we have been debating back and forth the merits and uselessness of um, <laughs> of the new Jackal Pup variant. Uh, we're kind of divided on this, whether or not you know you actually want this in your red deck wins in, in upcoming standard or not. Your opinion, sir, to move us forward from this stagnant topic. I, I mean, I think the answer is it's very clear that you're going to play it if you're playing red cards. It's just, uh, I, I don't know if, you know, like, it's a strong Kirk Noble, so, like, the, the exact amount of play I expect this card to see where it's, like, every so often you'll see red spells winning events, and then the rest of the time will be like, wait, I played those once? Gosh, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, so by definition, it's a bad card, but probably a bad card that, some people will play and potentially win. Yeah, in I, I red, in mono red. In mono red. I think it's a... Uh, it's... Or the reverse. It's it's a good card that goes into a really bad deck. Ooh. Okay. All right. Like, we're, we're, we're discussing... It very clearly makes the cube cut, right? Like, there are, cubes, yeah, yeah. There are power cubes that play Jackalpuff. Like, he is a huge one in the archetype. But, like, you've already got Rakdos Cackler, Fender Street Denizen, and uh, even the uh, well, even the goblin, right? The loyalist. The loyalist? Let, yeah. Let's be clear. This guy is way better than Denizen. Like, it, you have to be doing some serious work to make Denizen more than uh, like two power worth of damage a turn. So, and I think that um, I mean, in block you didn't play burn spells because there just weren't any. So, like in this format. You might play a few of the ones, like, I think Magma Jet's pretty good, usually. Yeah. Yep. And, and like, Searing Spear, too. I, I, like, I've read the spoiler. I have no idea what the name of the card is. Sure. It's just, Lightning like, Incinerate. Something. Yeah. Lightning Bolt with Dolly in play, you know, the usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I think it has to be better than Denizen. There's no way it's not. Right? Like, you have to... I guess it could be worse than Denizen... At a deck where you're playing like all 16 one drops, in which case you're like not really arguing over which one is worse because you're just going to play all of them. Sure. <laughs> sure. And I guess if you're looking at a Perforos top end, like if that's your top end, then I guess you want all of your spells to cost as little as possible too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But by that point, you're wondering like, why are you playing enough lands to play Perforos? And then. I think I seem sweet. Sounds like absolutely insane. And then like you sit down to build the deck and you're like, wait, what why is my four drop not like six damage to their face or something? <laughs> this ball lightning oh wait. That isn't it. Yeah, he has a very little amount of haste. Yes. He has like yeah. negative haste. Like we have to put work into attacking with him the next turn. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, so so I guess that so suck it, scumbag Schofield. That's what what's up, bitch. <laughs> suck it, suck it. Put that it in your mouth bullshit. and suck it. I was being a good winner here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that that's what I heard. That's that's the way I heard it played out. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ari, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, it's, yeah. it's really awesome to have you. Um, I know that, like, you and I have met and chatted at a couple, a uh, few events, GP Toronto for yeah. one, and, uh, you know, obviously, um, 
you know, the pro tour gate crash and shit too. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it's awesome to have you. GP Detroit is coming up and yeah. you've done like a ton of work on modern format. Um, basically since its inception, like what is it about the format that you find like most interesting that, that holds so much of your attention for so long? Um, so there's two things. Uh, yep. one is that it stays relatively established and as such, like I can put a lot of, at any given time, I have a lot of background. So whenever I start putting a bunch of work in, there's like immediate results. Like I can figure things out really fast without having to say like, Oh wait, the play testing I did two weeks ago was bad because the decks were bad. It's just like, no, like I, like two weeks ago, I was play testing a matchup that is still very relevant this week. It's not like, uh, like that's something that can kind of happen towards like newer formats where like you test a matchup and you're like two weeks later, like, oh my gosh, why would anyone play either of those decks? And then you sit down and you play against them like round four and you're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? Yeah. But like in modern, it's, you know, if someone shows up playing a deck that you don't know what they're doing, you either like are going to die or probably should have won. Uh, and that brings me to my next point is like, it's a format that really rewards doing what I like. It's just playing decks that do things. Uh, like, yeah. if you like, that's one of my big issues in modern is a lot of people play these decks that are just like, yeah, like I kind of play some cards and stuff, and like they're good, and then you're like, yeah, but what if your opponent just is like this, and they're like, who does that? I'm like, well, there's like eight thousand different bizarre decks, and there's no like broad general answer to everything besides like cast thoughtsies and hope they built their deck wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's not like legacy. We were like, yeah, I'm just gonna like force a will and then flip my delver and attack you. And beat the crap out of you and like brainstorm my cards back. It's like it's a little sketchy if you're playing like these fair decks to like show up at an event and be like, Yeah, I'm gonna beat everything and then someone's like Urza's Tower Expedition Map go and you're like, Yeah, except for that and the next <laughs> time you sit down and your opponent's like, uh, turn one, uh I'll suspend Darkwood Bailoth and you like pick up the card and you're like I don't know what's gonna happen and I can't kill them before I found out. Like, I don't wanna know. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So it's a so it's a, it's it's a more um it's it's a better legacy in that capacity. Uh, I mean, I be- better is better is a bad word, but you know, it's like a more and more interactive legacy. Uh, it's a it's a legacy that rewards you more for deck choice. Sure, perfect. Which is yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. All right. So so you've been doing a ton of work. On yeah. on the format, you've like week after week cranking out these videos, and they're great. Yeah, like you did Scapeshift this week, and last week was what like Affinity the week and something the week before that. Like I think I've done Affinity, Malira, Tron, Scapeshift, and Kiki Pod. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Like uh, the thing I realized is that like there's way too much in this format for me to like even remotely consider rec- spending my time recording a video doing anything but a deck I was gonna play. But the problem is, is that, like, there's every single deck, like, how the hell am I supposed to know what I'm going to play? So it's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, uh, like, Scapeshift this week, like, I hate that deck. I absolutely hate it. But, like, I mean, it might be good, and it put up results, so, like, I'm obligated to try it at some point, so why not now? Yeah. I get to embarrass myself on camera by, like, getting surgical extraction out of Tron. That was bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, uh, it was really bad. Yeah. I, uh... He kept, he ghost quartered my Valakut and surgical me, and I was just like, "Oh, I guess I'm dead." Yes. Just like straight up dead. <laughs> so it's it's interesting because um, I mean, 
You are playing. You're obviously going to Detroit. Uh, do you know yeah. what you're? Do you know what you're playing it? Like all of this testing. Have you figured out where you're going to be? I, I'm down to like two to four decks, and <laughs> some of it depends lot. on like the morning of. I just like show up to the site and like walk around and like see what people are doing. And just you know, okay, this deck's good today. This deck isn't. And some of it is like. I sit around with my friends the night before and listen to them berate me for considering the tech. I'm like, yeah, that's actually like a really bad idea. And then I, I put it back in my bag. <laughs> and uh, some of it's just like, maybe I'll get lazy and just put birthing pods again. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Well, and that's the, you've come to be known for your, obviously being like the Kiki pod expert. Like that was, that was the big one. Um, and like John Medina obviously had a lot of things, a lot of good things to say about you as well. And when he was on the show yeah. and, and uh, he modeled his uh, Kiki Pod deck after you. Is that sort of still like the the old standby, or you know, like you're still yeah. tweaking that uh, uh, every day, or what's going on? I kind of left that for last because it's just the kind of thing where, like, a I know I'll be able to like fix it in a really short amount of time, and B is like I don't know what I'm trying to fix it for until yeah. the end of testing. I think, and it's a deck that like you have so many like little decisions, like you have 75 cards to work with and every single one of them counts and you need to make every single one of them count as much as possible. So like making those decisions two weeks in advance makes absolutely no sense to me. Sure. Sure. So I'm looking at, uh, looking at a few things in particular here as I'm scrolling through your, your list of, of achievements and articles and everything <laughs> else. It's like the fucking shopping list is so long. And I, it's, I remember Lauren Lee sending out this uh, when she was still with uh, SCG, and she was sending it out to premium members, basically asking, who do you want more of, polling everybody, you know, who have you heard <laughs> of? And I remember, you know, and that was, that must have been like three years ago, maybe. And, uh, and I remember looking at it and just going like, yeah, Ari, geez, I mean, like, I guess his articles are fine. Like, I haven't really heard that much about him. And like now, it's like if you, you're one of the, you know, top select hitters, you know, or sorry, top premium hitters. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah, like, that's like kind of been the last year I went from sort of dicking around playing Legacy and like on Wednesdays and like all these formats and like just doing whatever to like focusing, I guess. I don't know. I like, I've been asked that question before and I think it's just like, well, I stopped being able to play Magic with people, so I just played Magic to win, which is <laughs> kind of depressing to say, but I guess it works. <laughs> so, like, more on more like Moto, for example, and less in real tournaments, or uh, less showing up to local events, playing Belcher, and refusing to split the top four, and more like <laughs> playing back to back Momir dailies and some two mans of modern in the middle, which I guess is better testing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the weekly uh, routine. It's usually, you know, fire up writing my article. There's a, there's a nice Sunday morning Momir, and that chains right into the modern, and that chains right into the Momir, and by the time you know it, I'm at like 300 words at 7pm, my deadline's approaching at midnight. Nice. <laughs> nice. What a glamorous lifestyle. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess the last um, most important question about, obviously, the changes in modern. The most recent modern tournament that we had was, unfortunately, the Players' Championship, right? And right. so we had that, like, perverse inbred metagame that was created. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn still from that? I mean, you must have been able to take out some, some good lessons from that event. Yeah, so, like, I, 
Um, so there were a couple of things. The, the first thing was that, like, the black-green deck that Raptor had was really interesting and innovative. Uh, or, I guess, less interesting and innovative and more, like, Scavenger is fucking awesome, and who the hell hasn't put this in their decks? And, oh, I guess, yeah, obviously the best duck builder in the world would put it in their deck. Yeah. He figured it out. Um, so... Like, that was, like, a pretty good place to start and sort of learn about uh, what actually mattered in the format, I think. And the other thing I've kind of taken away is, uh, like, I feel like Shahar's list of blue-white-red was actually just way better than everyone else's. And just, like, I'm, like, looking at these decks, and they have, like, Think Twice in them. I'm just like, what what format are you guys playing? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like, I just, I can't imagine actually having the time to play that card. Like, it just seems like you have to be, like, so proactive where you have to have the shields up all the time where it's just like the think twice just seems like weird. (laughs) It's really, really awesome if your opponent's deck also does nothing. But like, I I think the like best way to put it is like, look at the top 16 of Kansas city. You've got like, I think you, what the top eight, the most fair deck was blue, white, red. The second most fair deck was burn. And then (laughs) after that, the next most fair deck was combo, like birthing pod. Like, Malira and Kiki Pod were in the t- bottom half of most unfair decks in that top eight. Like the top sixteen had like two more fair decks. I think one of them was like green red aggro that kills you on four, and the other one was like Delver of Secrets. Like this is not a format where you're going to be casting Think Twice and living. How sad I, is that to hear? Hey, listen, you got to have Shahar only has one. He's on the right track in this list, and like Shadow of Doubt is cool. It does stuff. I don't know. It's way too it, cute to actually it, uh, be good, right? Like, I don't uh, know. I think it's a good little he- bet hedge. Like, it just yeah, it, it cycles. You can sometimes get a land if the guy's being greedy. Like, yeah, I, like you can I just catch it's people. Like, it's like way better than Think Twice. Like the high end yeah. on that card is way higher, and it's high end against decks that are doing things. Like you can like get a scape shift land. I think it's like way better than trying to save with the scape shift. Is just like you get their land, and they're like, oh man. That's oh, yeah. a card. I need all of these to win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and it looks like there was a, a huge variety of decks. You're right. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling through the, the top 16 now, and, uh, I mean, the top eight's probably a better representation, but, I mean, there's even some of this fringe stuff. Like, they're almost, they're almost all completely different decks. And they're all, like, completely degenerate. It's, like, four scapeshift decks and, like, all these, like, pod decks and, like, Gorio's Vengeance. Like, none of these people showed up to play fair. No. Was there a Living End deck in that one also? Uh, yeah. yeah, that was uh, Joe Herman. The crap or out Joe of me Herman, in that yeah. one. Oh, did he? Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he just like destroyed me game three. He like just I got stone rained. I had one land in play. I had land birds, and he just like fulminator made you. I'm just like, uh, I, I think I'm dead. He just Yikes. like turn two fulminator mages me, and that was no fun at all. How good – so, okay, so your list in Kansas City, a couple of the things that really stood out to me, um, obviously the voices were good. Uh, just adding, like, that yeah. one Tarmogoyf, just like Mize, was, seemed fine. But, like, the two Domi Raid in the deck, like, were they actually very good, absurd, shitty, what? Like, would you play they, them again? They did exactly what I wanted them to, which was – basically anything except for against blue white red where i'm just going to beat my opponent with them i don't think that deck can beat a resolved domery um i played like kibler's 
in testing for the GP, I think I played like the Kibler Naya deck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Yep. yep. And I was like, this was when it was like, I think I cut the Cobras and added voices because that set had just come out. And it had like Thunder Maws and like a bunch of lands and stuff. And I, I think I described it as like the most miserable time I've ever had winning. <laughs> it's just like you'd win every game and you'd just like look at your board and it was like a 4 4 and like a 4 5. And it's like turn six and you're just like, my opponent hasn't done anything, and I feel like I should be dead, but instead they kind of just <laughs> lost, and I I don't really know why. But, like, I played it, and the lesson I learned was that Blue-White-Red can not beat a Domery. Uh, because if they ever get to a point where they're tapping out to attack you with Celestial Colonnade, you probably have killed them with creatures. Yeah. Yeah, having played my fair share of Naya in Standard, um, yeah, Domery demolishes Blue-White-Red. In all yeah, formats. and <laughs> blue it red, yeah, like all the control decks just cannot beat a Domery. No, no, especially turn two on the play, so sick. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah. You're... <laughs> and Domery's like at this perfect spot where they're like, yeah, I've got like lightning helix, lightning bolt, electrolyze, and like it starts at four. Yeah, your choice. And, like the one. best option. Yeah, it's three for one. You like flipped a creature too. Just... Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like, their best option is, like, they can, like, helix it, and then electrolyze you a turn late. Well, like, that's a turn later, so your Domery's already gone up to five. It, it just ends terribly. So, like, they're, they're down, like, at least two cards on any transaction with that card. So, like, they're kind of hoping for, what, like, the Bolt the Bird, do nothing turn two, and then, like, the Snapcaster, Bolt the Domney Raid, hoping you have no creatures out, and then being able to attack. Like, that's, like, yeah. the magical Christmas land where they actually, like, almost break even on the play? Yeah, they, they end up even on that play, yeah, but that's a, that's a lot of work. and like That's a ton of work. Yeah, exactly. And the shields are down again, so you just, like, drop some random, like, unfair thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like a kitchen finks. Yeah. <laughs> not, like, not even anything unfair, just, like, a kitchen finks. Um, question. Murderous, the single murderous red cap in that list, is that just, like, literally a stepping stone to get to Kiki-Jiki for value? Uh, actually, it's it comes up a lot. Um, I don't know. You just it kills things. I I don't know like exactly why it's the best option. I've definitely set up games where uh, I think that was more like the four Kiki list where you would like get your red cap and a Kiki into play and just like Basara your opponent down. That was really sweet. But uh, no, I think you I would pod for it quite a bit. And there's a lot of times where you don't necessarily want to combo off because, like, if they have a removal, you've invested a lot of life and mana and time into it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're better off just, like, turning your Kitchen Finks into a Restoration Angel and then blinking your Finks. And then no matter what they do, they just, like, eventually run out of cards. And if they ever tap out, you kill them. Right. But I'm just, like, I mean, there's no... um like, is there a, is there something I'm missing here? There's no combo with the red cap, though, right? Uh, from red cap in play, you can kill them. Uh, like a persist four drop kills them. The next, so if you have, it's like pod plus two drop goes pod your two drop to exarch untap pod, pod the exarch to a persist four drop. Yeah. And then the next turn, the persist four drop turns into a conscripts, which untaps your pod, and then you sack the persisted side of it to make a kiki and kill them. Sure. Okay. So, like, uh, 
that you can get the red cap and do that. And against decks like Jund, you sometimes like if you do that, you want to kill their death right so you can set it up. Sure, sure, sure. Or like um, the other one is that you'd have an Archmage in play, but you would never want it to leave the table because it going to the graveyard would expose you to removal or something. Yep. So you can get your red cap and then set up that kill. Okay. And that makes sense. And that that's yeah. I was just I was going through it, and that was the, the piece that I was missing because obviously Maliripot that's a big chunk of the game, right? But um, not so much in this list. So I just I wanted the clear the clarity. That's awesome. Right. Cool. All right. So what are you? Uh, what are you? Oh, what's on your short list for Detroit? This isn't going to go up until Monday, so you got like plenty of time. Yeah. Uh. So my short list is. So I think I had mentioned this in my last article. I was like. There's eight decks that I'm looking at, or let's rephrase. It was like there's like three to four decks that I think are actually good, and then another three to four that I think are like not embarrassing and playable, but I think you can do better. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah, yeah. You play them in maybe top eight based on luck and something that you could like play and just like be absurdly ahead with. Uh, so like the list of decks that are like passable that might be like default if everyone shows up with hate for the decks I care about are uh, I think twin is just like fine it's the same 60% deck it always is like you just you know you win 60% of your games very easily and the other 40% is on your opponent to kill you yeah. and if your opponent show up with a real deck you probably don't top eight because you <laughs> lose 40% of your games and if your opponent show up with garbage you win okay. uh, the Naya deck um, now that has ooze is really sick you just play like the it's like the same six one drops and then just like every other creature in your deck is just stupid. And then you have Path and Bolt. But at the same time it's also like not really an inspiring deck to play. It's just kind of the same like I played a bunch of creatures and they kinda of just died to my cards and I don't really know what they did wrong, but I won. Right. Uh Scape Shift is another one of those decks I feel is okay. I feel like it suffers uh, from the think twice problem, where like your deck is really sweet if your opponent isn't doing things, and like you get to like set up these ridiculous kills where you have, like double counter backup on turn six, and then you realize that your opponent could also just kill you on four with spell pierce or dispel up, and what are you doing with scape shift? So like that deck's not embarrassing because I think people will play terrible decks, and, and blue eye red is also on that tier, and it might be better than I think it is. I just haven't really put too much time into the exact list I'd play without Think Twices. But I think Blue Red's pretty good. Um, I just wouldn't play it for infinite rounds because it has a little bit of, like, the random garbage trouble where, like, in modern there's just, like, things people will play that you'll just be like, oh, well, I guess I lost to Burn today. I shouldn't do that. Like, there's a lot of decks where you can just play them. It's just like, your opponent's doing something, like I said before, like, you're wondering what they're doing at the end of the match because you killed them, or you could wait and find out and lose. Yeah. So, like, those are the okay decks, and then the good decks are Affinity, I think, is absurdly good right now. Um, And that's, like, the deck I'm going to show up with to the GP and just sort of, like, browse around if people look like they're overly prepared. I'll just put it back in my backpack, and if they don't, I'll just, you know, I'll play six spells on turn one and attack them for Todd is there. Like, my issue with Todd right now is that, have you seen the Blue-Red Delver deck? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The that deck is basically designed to beat the crap out of any deck that isn't playing lightning bolt or a similar kind of effect, because like it literally cannot win a game if your opponent plays a one or two mana spell that kills your creature. 
but if your opponent doesn't, you're probably just going to, like, play a guy that does a bunch of damage per hit and time walk them five times and kill them. So Pod has some issues with that, and I've been, like, trying to fix that and not really testing it. So that's my concern on Pod. So, but, like, so is, is Blue-Red actually better than Rug? Like... I don't know. I It probably isn't. Right, um, like, Tarmogoyf just seems like such an absurd clock. Yeah, it's Tarmogoyf in the sideboard cards. The only incentive to be Blue-Red is Mutavolt, I think. Sure. And the Spellsetter sprites are yeah, pretty Yeah, the sprite, I, would, I, I think they're, they're kind of cute. And I, you it's, get more, like, you don't really get more burn, but your sideboard is weaker, like you said. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that Rug, I keep trying to, like, make a list that has all these cool cards, like Engineered Explosives and Shackles, and you just kind of, like, lose the steam that the blue-red list had. Mm. I, I think that also, like, a lot of people have been playing these 18 land fluid and that's just not where it's at. I think the original list is by far the best one I've seen, like the Spellstutter Sprites and uh, No Young Pyromancers. Yeah. Even though that card's sweet, I just, I think Sprite is really, really good. Okay. Um, and then Tron, I really like Tron. I think Tron is really well positioned right now, except for the part where, I, like, I think once you get to about round 11 of the event, if you're actually winning, everything else that's going to be doing well cannot be, like, you cannot beat it with Tron. So what are the buy matchups? Like, like what, do you just, what do you just give up? Like, what is Tron just folding to? Uh, Splinter Twin should be pretty bad if your opponent's remotely good. Um. Pod, you are, or Kiki Pod, you're behind two, and I think anyone who is winning at that point with a Faradak should at least have the correct sideboard, uh. which is, like, sewing salts out of, or, I don't know, that's probably not even enough. Um, you cannot beat Scapeshift with Tron, sure. ever. Yeah. Uh, like, one of my or friends... like, uh, blue-white red control, like, I, I Yeah, that like matchup that is, good. you're 100%. Yeah. I think I'm, like, I think I've won games off moles to three in that matchup, and I've lost a match to it, and it involved a lot of terrible things happening. But, like, if you look at the top eight of the last GP, there's, uh, let's see, Twin not beating it, especially with Boomerang, uh, Scapeshift not beating it. Uh, Living End, I've been told, is very like very good for the deck because of Relic, but I don't believe it, and I'm pretty sure you cannot beat the deck that has six main deck LD spells, and then <laughs> yeah, and also like, a combo main deck. Fulminator Mage is like... Yeah, oh, or... seven main deck LD, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, you beat Malira, that's one. You beat Blue or Red, that's two. Uh, you are behind versus Kiki Pod, but can win. You cannot beat uh, Twin, even if it's this bad blue-white-red list, and you are like negative percentage versus Burn. Yeah. When Tron first came out, which was like a year and a half ago or something, mm -hmm. uh, Burn was really big on Moto, and we were sideboarding Donglo Infusions to beat it. Oh it's just God. like, yeah, we just have to like board some really stupid messed up card in order to beat it, like I'll gain 12 life and hope that's enough, and it was about, like, 70% of the time. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was not very good. So, uh, Guys of St. Traft has basically fallen out of the format. What do you yeah. think uh, is attributing that change? I actually have, uh, like, no idea. It might just be that the other 56 cards you put in your deck are terrible, but at the same time, like, it, 
it should be good. Like, it got better. You can't legend rule it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It should be better than it was before. And, like, these blue white red decks have no ability to kill it. And, like, I guess some of them have verdicts. And the Geist decks are always one of the rougher matchups for Pod that you had to work a lot to beat. And Geist was always fine against Twin and Burn. It was better than, like, other blue white red decks against Burn because they could race you. I actually, I have no idea. I have no idea why guys fell out of the metagame. It just Good. okay. Good. Yeah, no. Is it like just the people who are playing it just went to the more controlling version of like blue, white, red? Like, is it just like kind of like how the crowd has like migrated that way, and how like Jun players are kind of migrating over to this green black thing that's going on now? Uh, yeah, I think that's some of it, and I think that I guess the blue, white, red deck is significantly better against Jund and uh, Blue-Black. Yeah. Or Green-Black, so, like, that's a pretty huge factor. Yeah, the four the four Lilianas have always been tough for Geist, but, I mean, it's interesting, because, like, you can you can easily just play, like, in that type of deck, like a Blue-White-Red Geist deck, like, it's nothing to play Boros Charm. Like, it's gonna do a bunch of the things that you want to do, right? Um, I don't know. I I think you need your other cards to be functional without a Geist in play. That's the problem. Is like your deck is phenomenal if you have a Geist that's ain't trapped in play. Uh, but like if you don't, what are you, like how else are you winning the game? I guess that's the issue. Sure. You can't just mull for Geist every game because that just doesn't work. Fucking KYT good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you could play like Young Pyromancer and Delver. I'm just not seeing that as being reliable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like the last deck that it was in was like that red white blue deck, which was just like an elaborate burn deck, right? Like it would just kind of put things on the board that just did a lot of damage, and yeah. it wasn't trying to be tricky or anything like that. It was just like a yeah, with like dragons on the top end. Yeah, you're looking at the at the list like Swayze and then we're playing, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like the Swayze list, the back to back PTQ winning list. Yeah. Yes. Like. Saturday, yeah. Sunday, back to back, PTQ like that's that's got it. Like I, I mean, obviously, scavenging use makes um, Snapcaster made a little bit worse. But like, what has really changed that I'm missing? Voice of Resurgence, like, but that's not even being yeah, ubiquitously played, right? I think it's a bit of voice. I think it's a bit of like the pod decks are moving to like even Kiki has like a bunch of Finks and cards that are just like better creatures in play. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say. It's just, I guess Tron is pretty good against Geist of Saint Traft. Like you tap out for Geist, and they tap out for Karn or Warm Coil, and you're like, oh, yeah, or, or like you, a like, million Pyroclasms, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just you're like Geist, and they're like Warm Coil Pyroclasm. Yeah, <laughs> sweet deck. That's yeah. that's fair. That's fair. So my deck is dead, right? <laughs> Oh, Ari, the deck that I played uh, last modern season to uh, moderate success, top eight it twice, is Slippery Boggle. And I just want you, is it like tier nothing at this point heading into this GP? Um, I think it falls into a similar category uh, like Tron, where it's like, really, really sweet against the decks you'll play in rounds six through eight, and then like you're like, yeah, I won all my matches. And then your opponent's like, yeah, I did too. And then they just go like Splinter Twin, 
on my Deceiver Exarch and Spell Pierce your enchantment. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that's not what I want to see. And Rexon, you're like, yeah, I've only lost one match. And you're like, they're like, yeah, I only have lost one match as well. And they're just like, I'll play Oblivion Stone and blow up your board and play a Karn and exile your enchantment. Like, oh. And they're like, yeah, I won one more round than you at the end of the event. You're looking at each other and they're like, X3 and your X4. And the top eight is just like, all these decks that don't have dark rituals and still kill you on turn four. <laughs> so it's like more going along that mentality that there's decks that can beat the field and decks that can win the tournament. I think so. It's like, it's basically a game of like which combo deck do you think beats black, green, and blue at red this week? Yeah. And I think the list is really long. Um all right, one question I was always curious about because a lot of people thought uh, Reed make, made a great modern deck choice, but did he really, if there were, like, black-green decks that played, you know, a full set of Liliana's main deck, um, like, four four people uh, played black-green, I think? And so, did you feel it was, like, a great choice for him? Uh, I guess, like, you couldn't expect the black-green deck because it was something that, that Raptor brought to the table, but I felt like he would be a huge dog against those decks. No, he really isn't. I think he made, like, a very, very good call. Because I felt like it was really obvious that no one, like... I think I had... I went through and, like, ranged everyone on, like, what deck they would play. And I think there was, like... Like, Shitan Lee was clearly playing Scapeshift. And Willie Edel was probably playing something with Stomping Grounds and Creatures. And <laughs> Guy and Kibler was playing, you know, Temple Gardens and Creatures. And, like, just looking at this list of people, I think there was, like, maybe I didn't know what Raptor would play, and he played a fair deck, and I don't think anyone else was going to play anything that Boggles was afraid of, but I would put people more likely on playing Tron Hate than Boggle Hate in that event, so, and it looks like that panned out, like, there's a bunch of Molten Rains and stuff in sideboards, so... No one sowing salt in the entire tournament, too? Not a lot. There's like one in a bunch of cyborgs, and that's not going to get there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I can see that, because when I played against John, like, Lily was tough, but the matchup didn't seem like it was unbeatable for me uh, when I played against it. Because if they, they didn't have it, or I, if I had the dried out arbor out and they didn't have the lightning bolt for it, I could, I could easily win that game. And uh, I think overall I had a positive win percentage, but it always felt like I could lose any at any time, um, especially in early thought yeah. seas. If I kept one of those hands where it's just like one creature and three enchantments or whatever, so I always felt that match was really really tough. But maybe yeah. not have been actually as tough once I played it out. Yeah, it's like one of those things where John can always thought seize you, and your hands a little not good, but at the same time, like. For every, like, they could have the nuts, and you could just be like, yeah, my hand is two lands, two boggles, three auras, good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely had so that. So, it, it goes both ways, I think. Um, I mean, the top four re-destroyed uh, Josh, right? Yeah. Did Josh yeah, get yeah. a game? He got one game, right? Yeah, one game. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a reliable win. Especially, <laughs> like, I don't know when they had had a turn in their modern list, but like, if you know you're going to top eight, 
with um like playing against John Postboard with all these rest in pieces is real nice. Like rest in peace and Leyline too. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely a good setup to have. Yeah. Yeah. Nice Tarmogoyf, nice Death Rite Shaman, nice scavenging use. <laughs> Sweet card. Yeah, John has a lot of issues with relics and rest in peace and uh I think those are the scavenging use. That card's sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like almost like watching. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, why can't I remember his name? Uh, Proto Return to Ravnica guy playing Egg Stanislav Sivka playing against uh, Junda, uh, Yuya Watanabe or Watanabe, and like oh, the two the- of them in the finals there, and it's just like watching Yuya like just like because he's got the the he's got the play line of sanctity up, and like Yuya's just like, okay, how do I play a good Jun game when I can't do anything? And it's like yeah, watching yeah. him like trying to like do these things to try and like eke out these extra points, and it's like you know the guy's like really really on the back foot, and he's probably not going to win the game. But it's just like just seeing how like frustrating it was like just if you wanted to play Jun, like just how bad that game was for him. Yeah, I I think I've like the restore balance deck that I've been messing around with is that deck's also good. It's one of the decks I just like. I'm convinced that there's a very easy way to play around it, but I'm just, like, too stupid to see it while I'm playing it, and that every one of my opponents, if they played open-handed, I could probably make lines that they would beat the deck, just, like, by the virtue of how balance is balance, yeah. or something. Uh, but, like, if you just stick a Leyline against Jund, it's really funny. They're just like, oh, I'll take up Liliana, and you're just like, okay, I'll <laughs> discard my extra land, all my cards are suspended or going to Cascade. You can't even make me sack my guys. This is really bad for you. Have fun. And, like, the, bl- the blue-white decks have always boarded Rest in Peace against Jund, and it's, like, comically difficult for them to beat it unless they have a Liliana. But, again, Leyline plus Rest in Peace is pretty much game. And, you know, if you're not the kind of person that cares about either Liliana or Tarmogoyf, then you only need one half of it. So, who else, uh, who have you been testing with for this event? Anybody in particular? Who do you normally sort of, like, grind with? Uh, it's, I've been talking with Brian DeMars, um, and do you know who Matt McCullough is? I may have name-dropped him enough that people know who he is, but <laughs> he's, uh, he's a Michigan guy. He's played on a couple pro tours, and is most notably responsible uh, for, like, a lot of how Splinter Twin formed in Modern after the bannings. Okay. Like, uh, his moto list was the list that everyone kind of started copying, except for they started cutting Kiki-Jikis and not playing 16 combo cards. <laughs> uh, like, he... We don't really test as much as we talk about things and make fun of each other for doing stupid stuff and playing bad decks and making bad decisions. So it's kind of more helpful. And besides that, I think I've played a Moto Daily with approximately every single deck in the format, except for Jund. Gotcha. And is that just because you won't play it, or because it basically plays itself? Uh, it's because I, I don't think the deck's good. Uh, like, it's, uh, it's like a Splinter Twin with no good matchups among the top decks. You know, like... X percent of the time, Jund just Juns them, and you win, and you're great. And then the other percent of the time, you're just like, I played my cards, and they're all good cards, and they didn't line up right, and I'm the rock, and it's terrible. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, it, it always feels with John that, like, your thought season, your Inquisition of Kozilek is, like, what makes or breaks your game. Yeah, like, when you draw those. And yeah. also, Liliana's gotten real bad lately. I don't know if uh, you guys have played a lot of the green-white decks against John and watched them, like... Liliana into Kitchen Finks plus Voice of Resurgence is just atrocious. Yeah, yeah. Let, like, let alone, God forbid, they have Smiter. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, the, the Naya <laughs> deck against... Wiltleaf Leech, like... Yeah, and uh, the other thing I was noticing is, like, Liliana against the blue-white-red deck, like, the blue-white decks could never beat a Liliana in a million years if they didn't just immediately, uh, like, Celestial Purge it or Detention Spirit. And, like, Blue and Red is just like, yeah, I'll discard a relevant extra land in this extra mana league, and then I'll just, you know, uh, Lightning Kilix, you Snapcaster it. And I have a Snapcaster in play, and I traded a card for your Liliana, and we're just at an attrition board state, except for my deck has Revelations, and your deck has nothing because I kept two kill spells. <laughs> so, like, the Blue and Red deck just, like, plays around Liliana so well, it even starts at, like, there's this critical number for Planeswalkers in this format. Like, I tried this black-blue-green deck, and it had, like, Garrick Relentless and Jace and Liliana, and it sounded sweet. And then you got your Jace and Garrick Lightning Bolted, and it stopped being sweet. <laughs> so, like, you just can't play a Planeswalker in this format that doesn't effectively start at four loyalty and get there by doing something awesome. Yeah. So, like, Domery Red draws you a card. That's good. And, like, the plus one on Liliana is just, like, breaking even. It's just, like, uh, I start on four counters, and it's just in play. And uh, I don't think that's enough for this format. You have to be able to, like, minus two Liliana for value, and that's more and more difficult to do. <laughs> and losing that strength is a lot of what John leaned on before, so I think that uh, it's going to have to... I don't know about reform. I just felt like Liliana was just a worse Domery Red, actually. That that was one of the other big things. Yeah. Yep. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah, like, Naya was just a better Jun deck. Like, instead of Inquisition of Kozilek, you just played another creature. And... So, okay, but hold on. So that would have been true. Like, I agree with you. Um, Pre-Bannings? Like, because Storm was so rampant. And, like, there are so many combo decks that were, were very good. But, like, losing the discard aspect made your combo matches like like in Naya, for example, like way worse than it ever would have been in Junt. Well, from what I understood, Storm actually was supposed to beat Jund. I don't know if that was true or not. I never really played either side that much. Yeah, it until de uh before Deathrite Shaman that would have been true, but like after Deathrite Shaman it's just there's just no way. Okay. And the other combo deck was eggs and Jund never beat eggs. Oh, just like didn't really beat eggs ever. <laughs> yeah. I played Junk at GP San Diego, and my first round after my buys was against the eventual winner, and I just died on turn two. I was just, I, I had no idea what I was supposed to do about that. I was just like, game two, I kept a hand that was like, one land, death right, death right, stony silence. I'm like, yeah, that's a good start, and I just like missed my land up. I'm like, okay, well, we got a couple draws, it's just dead. Done. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, well, Nathan Holiday that that tournament, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best thing I think, like, white is such a good color in modern. Like the sideboard cards out of white are just ludicrous. They're 
just craziness. I mean, like, Celestial Purge just kills so many different things, but more importantly, like, Rest in Peace, Stony Silence, Leyline of Sanctity, like, yeah, those cards are retarded. Yeah, and if anyone shows up with Storm, you get Rule of Law and Canonist, and you get to split your... Like, people show up with, like, a bunch of Canonist or a bunch of Rule of Laws, and they forget about Echoing Truth, Yeah, and really you just want to, like, split it up. So, like, I... And then you get Mind Sensor against all of the Search decks and Linvala and uh, if you there's Leyline of Sanctity. If you really want to beat Scapeshift, you can play like Angel's Grace. You should not lose to combo if you're playing white unless you showed up and forgot that combo deck was a deck. Yeah. Which is a fine thing to do in this format. Like You can't afford to beat every combo deck most of the time. I think. I might be wrong. I don't know, it just seems like you're going to have to hedge your bets. Like, you could, you can have, like, one card for everything, but you have one card for everything. Like, you're just going to lose all your games because you don't have enough to, you know, protect you from what you think's actually out there. Yeah, you got to find the right spread. Like, if you're playing something with white, you kind of have, like, that nice wide area where you've got, like, some of these bigger paintbrushes. But, like, for a lot of decks, like, they just don't have that. Yeah, like, you can't play, like, when you're jund, your uh, artifact hate is like ancient grudge or creeping corrosion. Yeah. And when you're white, it's stony silence, and stony silence also beats Tron, and it also is fine or better against Pod, and like does so many things. And like your graveyard hate in black is like Nihil Spellbomb or Surgical, and Rust in Peace is just so much better. It it's really just the best sideboard color. Mm. Not so good in main. Path isn't that good right now, actually. So many of the decks are, like, very capable of just using the extra mana. And part of it also is just, like, watching people not really know how to use path. Like, the matter of, like, just pathing a person on their turn. Like, uh, I remember watching Hain play Affinity and, like, the guy goes and, like, turn one paths, like, a uh, uh, turn one paths, a, uh, pest, or no, what's this, the battle the track, right? Signal pest? Signal pest. Yeah, pass the signal pest. And then Hain just follows up with the turn two, like, drop down a uh, cranial plating, equip, and bash in for, like, six or something like that. And the opponent, like, the guy who pathed them was like, oh, man, you got that on turn two, that's so good. And it's just like, you know, like, if you just wait, like, if you play the card correctly, you're in a much better spot, so, I don't know. Yeah, it's also, like, Manlands, like, all these blue-white decks have Celestial Colonnades, so, like... Even if you pass their guy, it turns on their other guy, and it just kind of doesn't really get you where you want to be. So, um, you've been obviously playing Magic for a really long time. Yeah, pretty long. And uh, you've played in more than your fair share of tournaments. It's a decent amount. And although you, uh, you know, come off as a very nice guy, I'm sure there have been occasions where your opponents maybe have been less than kind. Okay. <laughs> Do you, is there... do you by chance have any scumbag stories might be you'd like to share with us? Scumbag stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got a real good one. We it's, love um, scumbag stories. Love on the, said, on yeah. the subject of modern, uh, yeah. it's, it's GP San Diego. I'm playing Junk, and my opponent's playing Merfolk, like blue-red Merfolk. Blue-red like, Merfolk. Okay. Yeah. I, like, I tend to be pretty, you know, observant of how my opponents are shuffling my deck and I'm like, you know, could you please just tilt that to the side? Because, like, I know if I could see it while I'm shuffling like that, like, someone could. And that's, like, it's just sort of a pet peeve because that's, like, a rule that you can't really 
like you call a judge and you're like, judge, my opponent was shuffling my deck and looking at it, and your opponent's like, I wasn't, and what are you going to do? Yeah. Except for, like, every time someone does something that could potentially give an opening, you're just like, hey, can you be more aware of that? And the, everyone's usually like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I, I'm sorry. And they just, like, you know, turn their hands one way and their head the other way, and everything works out. And this guy's, like, white and just, like, very, off, like, offended by it, and then, like, keeps doing it. So I'm like, judge, can you, you know... Like, you're allowed to have the judge shuffle for you if you feel like your opponent's too, like being a dick or scumbag or something. So, like, can you do that? And he just, like, <laughs> is like, oh, so if I complain to the judge and whine and bitch about it, you know, I can get them to do my, like, my opponent's job or something like that. And the judge is, like, very polite about it, like, you know, in the interest of customer service, this is what we're doing. And so, like, he just, like, goes, like, real dickish, than like, the entire next game. And, like, I really have no idea, like, my deck doesn't kill a lot of creatures, but like, I guess Junk has a decent amount of removal, but like, every creature he plays dies, and like, I minus a Liliana, <laughs> and like, it's gonna die, and I'm like, I pick it up, and I'm like, please sacrifice it, like, sack a creature, and he's like, put it in your graveyard. I'm like, it's physically in my hand, there's no die on it. I'm like, okay, I'll target, like, I put it in my graveyard. He's like, picks up his only creature and sacrifices it and stuff. And like, <laughs> what? he's yeah, like, stuff like that, and, like, at the end of the match, he, like, says something snarky, and I just, like, extend the hand and say, thanks for the win. Oh. <laughs> and he, like, picks up the match, and he's, like, shuffling his cards, like, putting his deck away, like, not even deboarding. I'm like, you have to sign the match slip. And he, like, picks it up and throws it at me, and as I'm walking away from the table, a judge is like, did you just throw that at your opponent? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's the last I saw of that situation. Wow, and like you, you know who? Have you seen this person before, or is this? No, total I have strange? no idea who it was. It was uh, just okay. like some dude in Cali who decided that he uh, wanted to get offended by. A lot of my stories start off with like scumbag stories. Start off with like shuffling. Like I played against a guy who was triple sleeved at a legacy open. What? Wow! How do you even? How do you even do that? I I don't know, and I didn't know how to shuffle his deck. I'm like. <laughs> This was this was the time before that I had to call a judge. I'm like, judge, I don't actually feel comfortable shuffling my opponent's deck because it will explode in my hands and, and like I'll just get a warning. Like there'll just be cards all over and like And and the punch the punchline of this is that his deck is not only like not foil, it's just like mono black pox no duels. <laughs> <laughs> so he was doing a just a troll everybody that day. Yeah, it was it was just absurd. It, like I think is that, that like turned... shuffling credit cards? Is that what that felt like? Like, yeah, it was like approximately the size of an EDH deck, and I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to do with it because I don't play that format. And like, you know, like an EDH, like you just like shuffle it around, and like you're not gonna like be required to shuffle your opponent's deck. And I think like I had the judge shuffle it for me, and then he mulliganed, and then he sh they had the like the judge shuffled it again for me, and then. It's game three, I'm on the play-in Legacy, playing Storm, and just kill him on one after he mulligans. So there's, like, this six-minute ordeal of, like, judges shuffling for him, and, like, leaving the table and getting called back, and then he just dies on one. <laughs> just, like, look at my head, it's just, like, Ritual, Ritual, Land, LED, Infernal Tutor. Okay. <laughs> Good God. Good yeah. God. So, uh, who is, um, who is your magic inspiration? Me? If there, yeah, if there had to be, like, one player from, like, back in the day or anything that really, you know, 
you closely identify with or, you know, that, that got you more excited to play at a higher level of the game, who would that be? Oh my gosh, I have to look at this up. I actually, I forget his name, but I was, this is like, like the, probably like one of the defining like things of my entire Magic career and all that. Uh, there was a Masters series, um, I think it was extended after Mass Block was released. Okay. Uh, so like, Tinker was a legal card. Yeah. It's in context. And... Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, here we go. Master Series still exists. Extended Masters. And it is the... Nope. Year before, maybe? Oh my gosh, this is going deep. Year before that? I don't even know. Um, But he... Oh my gosh. Do you remember like the Extended Rector Burst deck? Like Academy Rector? No. Nope. <laughs> Vectorverse. Vectorverse. <laughs> so it was like this, uh, it played um, Phyrexian Ghoul, a.k.a. Nantuko Husk, a.k.a. Vampire Aristocrat, a.k.a. Bloodbear. Yeah. Yeah. Or like every version of it. And your game plan was like turn one birds, turn two that guy, and then turn three you could either play Academy Rector or Pattern of Rebirth your, uh, your birds. Yeah. And you'd sack it to the Tusk and you'd get a symbiotic worm. And that was, I think, 20 damage, if I did the math right. So, like, you could just turn three people that way, but it was also just, like, uh, like just, like, some good, like, Cabal Therapy, Duress, Green, Black, Fair Cards action. And, like, I just saw this deck, and I remember, like, it's, like, the local unsanctioned event uh, where I was from was, like, that's what I played. It was extended. I think I saw this deck. I'm like, people play the rock. Why would anyone ever play the rock when they could play this deck? And like, I think I top aided a PGQ with it, and I was like 12. And like, one of my like one of my opponents like, I cabal therapied him for circular logic. Uh, I cabal therapied him sack like sack of birds with pattern on it, and like pick up my deck to start searching. He's like, I'll naturalize your pattern. I'm like, that's not how priority works. And he's just like, what is going on? And like, <laughs> and like, part of his argument to the judge is that he like flashes the two circular logics in his hand. He's like, I would have countered it if I would have known about this. And the judge is like, sorry. So then the circular logics immediately get cabal therapy. Like, I'll name circular logic attack of the chroma. <laughs> and like, I think that was like the start of me like playing combo or anything like that, or like this whole like the whole like aversion to mid range thing that everyone really got on to about the time fairies was a deck. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Like there was the boat brew deck and everyone was really high on it. And then like all of a sudden everyone was like, wait, fairies is legal. Why are we doing this? Like everyone should be playing cruel ultimatums or cryptic commands and no one should ever play mid range ever again. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, I knew about that for years. And then I still almost played boat brew at that pro tour. And that was <laughs> a very near miss. We'll yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Fairies was a an unbelievable deck for its time. It was really entertaining actually to watch um the Twin Blade the Brad versus Jerry session this week where they played like Twin Blade versus Fairies and it was just like comically bad for the Fairies deck. Um really? Yeah, yeah, Fairies got killed. I don't think I saw this one. <laughs> oh, it's it's on Star City right now. I watched it this week. It it went up uh Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday, I guess. 911. Mm. Yesterday. Yeah, it's so funny. And it's like the Twin Blade deck um, 
pre-banning? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I was actually uh, that deck was like a moto deck. It was the night before the Star City Invitational. Um, I think it was like me, Brian DeMars, and Mike Jacobs sitting in a room. Brian DeMars and I are playing like normal call mirrors, and it's just like the most atrocious thing we could ever think of with Batter Skull. Yeah. And Mike just pulls up a moto daily. He's like, I found a deck. I don't know if it's good, but I'm going to play it. And we just look at it. We're just like, this has to be better than anything else. And it turns out just like, I think it was literally the best standard deck I have ever played. And like the next, like, I think that was like Mike top aided with it. And like, I think I had the worst record at 6 2. And then the weekend after, like, that was the weekend with the finals appearance where it was just like Ollie versus Jason Ford, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they took the bad version of Fairies with Ancestral Visions. I'm probably like the only person who believes that, but. Uh, you played uh, Jace Ballard instead? Uh, I actually did not play Fairies that year. Okay. I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. I didn't. I didn't play. I didn't play fairies until uh, until after ancestral vision rotated, and then like I think once it came back to extended, I played with ancestral visions, and I was just like, this card is bad. I don't want it in my deck. Why am I playing with it? And then it rotated again, so I got to play fairies without it, and it was awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, twin blade deck's dumb. Just yeah, dumb. that deck was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Very, very, very good. Anyways, it was comically bad for Jerry. He was just laughing at how absolutely ranched he got. There was only one game I think that he did win. Um and it's because uh Brad got mana screwed or something and it was like Thoughtsies, Thoughtsies and you dead. <laughs> but like yeah, it was very, very comically bad. I guess I forgot about the uh the Stoneforge Mystic part of that. Yeah, that would probably yeah. mess up the uh yeah. the matchup. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Because it's like, either I twin you or I batter skull you unturned. Like, it's just stupid. Ugh. Good lord. And Preordain. Remember Preordain? God, they need to reprint that card. Oh my gosh, that card. <laughs> that card is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the first time I played that card was in Legacy, and it was like, right after it was printed, I'm like, Preordain is sweet. I was like, playing it, and everyone else is like, yeah, I got like, Force of Wills and like, stuff. I'm like, I'm just gonna cast Preordain and Brainstorm and Ponder. I'm going to put every card in my deck that I ever want to my hand. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play all of our yeah. cards at will. Um, so Scry, obviously, was a big piece of that card. It's back in Theros. Oh, yeah. um, are there any sort of cards that you sort of, like, stand out for you? Like, a couple that you're really, really high on that maybe not everyone else is? Or anything that excites you for modern? Yeah. Um, yeah. For modern in Theros? I haven't really looked... I actually have been trying to stay away from Theros until the full set's spoiled, so I don't, like, start brewing these mono red decks for standard, and then, like, <laughs> they get, like, a Jackal Pup two weeks later, and I've, like, determined they're bad, and then I have to go back and do all the work again. Uh, I haven't really looked at what Heroic can do. I'm sure that, like, just playing th something like Thrill of the Hunt would be sweet. Like, any of the cheap flashback spells with Heroic is probably really good. I think Chain to the Rocks is probably going to be overrated. I think that people are going to be really high on putting it on a Sacred Foundry and then getting their Sacred Foundry Tectonic Edge will suck. Um, let's see. So far, like I'm now like just looking at this in the context of Modern real quick, and I'm going through all these white cards, and none of them seem very good. I guess like Phalanx Leader is kind of exciting. Like that could do something. Like that's like a very powerful effect. 
Oh yeah, Gainsay isn't in the format. Oh wow. I don't know if that's good. I've actually like thought about Gainsay in standard, and it seems like it's worse than negate. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, what what blue creatures are there that you want to counter? Yeah. I I mean I can't say for now. Like maybe you want to counter Master of Waves or uh, Thassa or whatever, but I'm not really seeing that. Oh yeah, Swan Song. Oh yeah, Swan Song. I think might be like modern. Yeah, I like just the enchantment aspect of it. Like it just seems like you know, like as a sideboard to beat sideboard stuff. So, but like, so this is just negate the cost one that gives your guy a two two. Doesn't counter planeswalkers or artifacts though. Yeah, right. If it countered artifacts, oh my gosh, like oh, it's sh- already insane in Splinter Twin. Um, it's like one of the big issues in Splinter Twin is that uh. You're, you have cards like Dispel that are pretty good, and like just sometimes you draw these weird mixes of like Dispel, Spellskite, and your opponent's answers are like Damping Matrix Thoughtseize. You're not really sure what to do, and Swan Song helps cover a lot of that gap because it can beat like Dismember and Thoughtseize and Ghostly Prison. Sure. So it gives you a lot of sort of bridging the gap there. Um, let's see. Read the Bones is probably not playable. Ooh. It costs three. That's way too much to be doing that. It's, it's a lot to do, it. though. It's a lot to do. Like, in modern, in modern, you're probably right. Like, yeah. if it were an instant, yeah. if it were an instant, it would fit in modern Absolutely. for sure. But, like, yeah, okay. But, like, for standard, that card's going to be probably fine if you're in that color. Yeah. I think Anger of the Gods is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think that the Exile effect's actually super relevant in Modern. Yeah, well, you get to deal with, like, all of the Persist guys, right? As well as Voices, it seems pretty sweet. Yeah, I think there's a lot of decks that are looking for that effect. I think Fire Drinker Seder has a place in the format. Oh, baby, Jeremy, high five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that that card might actually be more relevant in Modern than Standard. Well, that's not true. I don't think more relevant. I think that it will be... When it's in standard, it'll just be a thing that everyone knows exists and has to beat. And when it's going to be good in modern, it's just going to be like the 16th one. I guess, uh, never mind. I forgot about Electrolyze. It won't be good. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I got your hopes up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we just have to make standard. that bad. <laughs> uh, I wish P Corruption was good enough. I think that card is going to be absolutely defining in standard. Um, like, I remember playing against Cryoclasm, and I, I have no idea how you're supposed to beat that card now. Mountain Bolt. Yeah, like, jeez, Cryoclasm was really good, and that was, like, back when you could play Rite of Flame in your blue decks, and now this is just like, yeah, we're going to try and cast five drops, and that's never happening. <laughs> really? You think this is going to be, like, big? I, like, I keep trying to build decks, and I'm just like, I can't build anything that tries to play big creatures or be controlling that has mountains in it. Well. <laughs> Alright. I don't know. What about the uh, gods? Do you think the gods have any spot? Like, I, I just, I, I see Herberos, and I just, like, get that whole, like, see, I, I, I have this, like, unneeded love for Phyrexian Obliterator. I just, I love that card so much. And we keep telling him to go see somebody for that. I and, think and Obliterator's be a fine. Yeah, I, I, the question is, like, my issue with Obliterator is that every time I build a deck that it would want Obliterator, it wants Phyrexian Crusader. 
I think that's actually a better card. And once I have that card, I wonder why my obliterator isn't Batmother. Yeah. So it's it's this really weird sort of conflict. Yeah, I can see that. With Lingering Souls on the decline, is Infect a thing? Or is it still the whole Electrolyze issue? Uh, you know, I haven't really tried it in a while. Uh, I think the bigger issue is that the... Malira is, what, the fourth most popular deck? Yeah. I, sure. <laughs> I think I've beat Malira about 20% of the time playing that deck. And the only time I played... I played Infect at two events. And the only time I played Malira in those two events, my opponent managed to mulligan five times in two games. So I <laughs> got there. Sure. Fair enough. Um, I would not be shocked if the... Dark Ritual Seder sees some kind of play. I just don't know what I'm ramping to with it. Well, I mean, it's a good way to fix your triple red for Kiki if that's where you want to be. Yeah, I, I was thinking bigger than Kiki. I don't think... It's <laughs> like a two-card combo. This this needs to be like a, a one-card combo. It's like a Primeval Titan thing, but you don't want to sack it to make a Primeval Titan. Sure. I don't know. Oh, Destructive Revelry for sure. The Smash to Disenchant. Yeah. And I could actually see Fleece Main Lion being playable. Yeah. It's pretty good, right? Well, I mean, like, anytime you're into a 3-3 for two mana that can do something big, like, that's fine. Yeah, like, it has a relevant ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this set so far hasn't really given me any kind of hopes of playing these cards in modern, honestly. Uh, th- this Devotion Land, I, I think that card's just terrible. It's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, I'm trying to think of a, a good comparison. It's the, it's like that, the black one from Alara Block. The, uh, Crypt oh, Agadim. Crypt but yeah. Crypt actually had a deck that it was kind of decent in. Yeah, yeah, Crypt yeah, was yeah. Sweet because you didn't actually, like, this card is really sweet at playing cards when you have cards in play. And it gets better the like the more your cards in play have costed you to play, the more mana you have, and that's like the reverse of what you want. True. You want to like do something cheap and stupid to create some weird resource. Like I'm gonna play one mana green creatures and then tap my land for a bunch of green, <laughs> as opposed to like I'm gonna play a like four mana black card and then another one and then my land makes like two extra mana. Now I've got to put it in the obliterator deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the best way to put it. Is like if you have obliterator in play, it will help me cast obliterator. Yeah, well, not even that. If this card adds one extra mana to your mana pool, if you have Phyrexian obliterator, (laughs) wow. So, like, it's you're working real hard to get very little reward. Yeah, I'm not. uh, I'm excited for the set. I think it looks. It looks fine from a from like a limited constructed standpoint. Like, I mean, we're yeah. what we're what only like halfway through, I guess, just over yeah. halfway through. And um, I don't. We've seen a lot of commons yet, have we? No, and no. I think that's it, right? Like, that's what's really going to flesh out the limited environment. I think that we've got, like, we've got enough here that we can start to kind of get a feel for you know how it's going to affect standard and what cards people are looking at, which ones they aren't. Um, but yeah, as far as like defining the limited format, it's gonna be really interesting to see uh, what the filler looks like. I think that's the part I'm most interested in because the last set they built like this was Innistrad, where it was just like this very top-down 
and then you sort of make the mechanics to like work well with each other and fill in the blanks. And I'm like that made the best limited format of all time, in my opinion. So I think that this has the potential for something similar. And by looking at the cards so far, it looks to be pretty awesome. Uh, it's the kind of format where raw card advantage can be generated, but isn't what matters because you can generate just enough that, like, it's not like M13 or M. What are we on now? 14. 14. Yeah, I, I have like actively decided like I don't think I've actually played a game with an M14 card in real life. Like I just don't want to draft the format. I haven't drafted or sealed the format <laughs> at all. Uh, like just no desire because like. It's just like, these two cards make card advantage. If you play one of these, you win the game. Or like, there's formats like Zendikar where it's like, this format is too fast for card advantage. And it looks like this format's like, anyone can make card advantage if they try. So it's not going to be dominating, but gaining an edge is relevant. I don't know, like how Winistrad was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the... um. What I, I do like is that we're starting to see, like, there was the one recently that got spoiled, Dauntless Onslaught, at Uncommon, so white two instant, up to two target creatures, get plus two, plus two until end of turn. Heroic has been sort of that mechanic that everybody's been looking at it going, well, that's got potential, but, you know, like, I mean, it really depends on what you're going to hit your guy with, because all we've seen are kill you cards. Um, right. You know, so we're looking at, if, if Dauntless Onslaught at Uncommon is any indication we might be in for a pretty sweet limited set. Yeah, I actually have on my desktop a Word document that is like, these are the cards that trigger Heroic and Standard, and it's going to need some help. <laughs> well, you saw the red-white one, right? What is that? The one that's like, pl- one one creature gets plus three, plus O, oh, the other one gets yeah. plus O, oh, plus three? Does that trigger yeah, Heroic twice if you target yes. the same guy? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wait, oh that's wait, nice. Wait, yeah, it's two instances of targeting. Just it like the same, matter, but it says it's, it's a spell. Whenever you cast a spell that targets, it's not oh. whenever it becomes targeted. It's only one instance. Yeah, no, like that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Judge Schofield. <laughs> no, that's fair. Scumbag. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. He's got to win something. Um, <laughs> but um, no, and, and but that's cool. But it, the other, there's a whole bunch of them too. Like uh, they're, they're putting like the one one counters on the green one from the Selesnia. Yeah. And I don't know. It seems like That's if it, it seems like it should. I, I actually have no idea how this works. I, I'm just waiting for someone to tell me, and then I'll trust them from that. Well, I mean, out. if you got two heroic guys on the table, obviously, like you're gonna, yeah. you're just gonna get bigger. But like, what's really sweet is that some of them, like that, uh, what is it, Siamid, and what's this? I can't scroll fast enough. Is that the plus one plus one in first striker? Trample. Trample. Yeah, trample. One one and trample for all your guys. Like that seems pretty sweet if you can include that in with some of the other, you know, opportunities. I mean Or like the double strike guy? Yeah. Like that Which, guy's sweet because you just want to play pump spells and then he already has double strike and then he gets bigger and Especially because like I think the best way to trigger this is Lesnia Charm because it's also just a good card if you don't have a guy in play because let's say they killed your guys. Yeah. Yeah, there's some other really sweet ones in the format. Uh, the one I like is Pit Fight. I think Pit Fight's a really sweet card with uh, Heroic. Like, your guy gets bigger and then it fights. Yeah. Hmm. You know that uh, KYT spoiled Fabled Hero, right? Really? Yeah. I, I, like, I honestly have no idea who spoiled what. I think 
the only sport like on the daily site, I just like scroll through these articles real fast because I think the only article I've actually read is the one that had no spoiler in it because it looked awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one that was like the letter to a Johnny from Elspeth. Like that. Like I normally like don't read that stuff. It just was like I read it. It was worth reading and all yeah. these other ones are just like oh he's talking about like constructed applications of red spells I know about that let's see what jackal puppy's spoiling today <laughs> oh goodness I gotta ask uh, as we get as we head towards Pro Tour Theros who is your on your team for that Pro Tour yeah uh, so let's see we are at 12 people for this Pro Tour which is that's fairly big. Just, it's pretty big. It's smaller than the other, like, than the, like, two big teams. Like, Channel Fireball and Star City are, like, Channel's, like, 16, I want to say. And Star <laughs> City is, like, I don't know, man. That Like, everyone is on that team right now. It's just, it's huge. I think they were, last I heard, they were trying to find space for 18 people in the city, and that's just not working. Wow. So, um, we have, let's see, there's me. There's Joe Demestrio, uh, Wow TCG protege slash high school graduate. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna nonstop make fun of him because he's a young child. I think is the game plan. No, he's he's a good kid. Uh, his first pro tour was Montreal, and he top twenty five did. And then um, him, and then he is near uh, Alec Nesson and Frank Scarin. Uh, two limited GP finalists from this last year. Yep. Uh, we the team I we had for the last PT was like we had really sweet constructed decks and just sucked at limited. So our goal for this PT was just get more people who are good at limited. And that was the start. Um, obviously, we have Craig Wesco returning. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brian Demars is back again. Uh, Emmanuel Sudor is finally back. Uh, he, do you know who he is, or, he, uh... Name's so familiar. He's a, yeah, he's a German guy, he's got final, he finaled a modern GP with blue-white, back when Bloodbraid Elf was legal. He top 16 Montreal. He was, he was the German guy with the mohawk. Oh, sure, okay. Okay, yeah. He, yeah. And then he got DQ'd from a GPT at a GP he already had buys for. And then got suspended for the next PT and is back on silver. It's it's a ridiculous story that's just like, you know, I was mentioning how like no one could ever get punished for someone claiming that the uh, their opponent was looking at their deck while they were shuffling. Yeah, he's the uh, exception. <laughs> yeah, the he got DQ'd for it. Wow. He's just like, it's just like he's like, I got DQ'd from an event. I'm playing it to test for the GP. I have three buys. This is a GPT. Like, it's just, like, it would have to be, like, this case of, like, it's, like, the lowest stakes cheats of all, like, time and getting DQ'd from the event for a penalty that, like, I've never seen anyone punish forever. <laughs> I'm just amazed on, like, how you could actually enforce that. Like, uh, the judge apparently saw it, or, like, wow. the first time, and then when his opponent called him on it the second time, it just, like, escalated or something. Yeah. Uh, we then added, let's see, who did we get for this PT? Um, Mark, uh, Lalagu, Lalegu, I have actually, honestly, I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, uh, good effort. Mark and Lalegu. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> GP Innistrad Block Champion, top four at the limited GP in Texas this year. Uh, he's helped our team the last couple Pro Tours and is now queued, so he's now officially, like, he's on the team, but now he's actually going to the Pro Tour on the team. Good. And then we also, in on the subject of getting better at Limited, we grabbed uh, Chris Finnell and Steve Mann. Ooh. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pair. And then uh, the other Limited Master we grabbed is uh, my teammate from Providence, uh, Alex John. Who just like I I don't really like he's really good at limited, but he's also really bad. And the reason he's <laughs> so good is because he just does these things that are just like he would regularly play like he'd try to figure out how to play four colors in Innistrad in uh not Innistrad in uh Zendikar draft where it's just like what, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah don't ask and like. <laughs> He'll like have corset drafts where he's just like, yeah, I've got this white, white, green, green, black, black card. And then like it comes time for like Scars and Mirrodin where you're like, yeah, I don't even have to play colored sources for like half of these things. So I call it, like I've got like a swamp and three mountains for these spell bombs. And he's just like, yeah, I drafted mono blue. So like he's uh, he's he's pretty outside the box, except for like if you look at our finals decks, it's like from that GP, it's like my deck is Boros. My teammate's Matt's deck is Boros, and Alex's deck is like nine islands, two, 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 and that's his mana base. Or oh, something God. ridiculous. <laughs> you know, uh, it's interesting, though, because you need those sorts of people to be involved in your testing, especially when you're breaking into the new formats, right? Because like yeah. they're going to find all of the random stuff that no one else will that may just be that thing that turns your draft around. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, for the record, the reason my other teammate from that GP is not uh, on the team is because he's not going to this PT. So, <laughs> uh. yeah, daggers. <laughs> but happens. Sweet. Cover the yeah. whole team. So, uh, yeah, I think that was. I think I covered everyone. Uh, we've got some some people. Oh, Seth Manfield. That was the last person who I forgot. That was the other flurry we added for limited stuff. Nice. And he was the he was the winner of uh Kansas City, right? He was. Yeah. And he won a MOCS uh oh very recently as well. Sweet. So yeah, it's it's shaping up to be a good team. It's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a pretty good pedigree and definitely if you guys are gonna you know you've got a good chunk of the constructed on tap. I mean mm-hmm. you know that that yeah. and the limited that's fucking awesome. All yeah, right. When you like when you tested previously, do you guys for limited specifically? Do you guys just like draft and just uh, discuss picks and stuff? Because I've had a my friend had a chance to talk, to, and I was there in Providence, G Providence, talking to this V, and he said how like his team uh, keeps not testing limited properly, and what yep. they should be doing is actually like building the archetypes, like taking all the commons and commons and rares, and like you know trying out and building archetypes on the spot and just seeing how it goes so that in draft you know uh what archetypes can actually work so i just wanted your thoughts on that and how you your team has been testing in the past as well we've just generally kind of we have a like we're really forum based i think that that was like a i don't know i really like it i don't know if everyone else on the team likes it as much but like it's a really good way to sort of like make sure everyone gets everything out there and mm-hmm. what would happen is just like everyone would do their drafts locally and then post what they figured out i think that was like 
it was fine, but it wasn't great. I think we need to start realizing that net draft is a thing, or like the ability to just have a team draft uh, before the set comes out before the Pro Tour. I think that's like one of the big things that we'll have to figure out. I don't like the archetype building because I think that it's. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like it's representative, but I could okay. be wrong. I could be paraphrasing him wrong too. I think. Yeah. No, it it makes sense in like some ways, but at the same time, like it doesn't like knowing what the archetypes are doesn't help you. It helps you at a base level, but it doesn't help you really understand like what happens when people start fighting for cards and like, mm-hmm. uh, like one of the big things is like the pro tours I've done well at limited in. I've built decks that are like exploiting eleventh picks or whatever. Right. So like things like drafting like maniacal rage in Alara Block or uh, Smallpox in M12. Okay. That Like, those are the drafts that I've done well at, and I don't think that that kind of, you know, like, it's hard to say, like, what does my Smallpox deck look like until you've, like, you know, you kind of just have to make it as you go and see what works. Okay. So where, where are you going to, you're going to not do the forum this time? No, we we will. Yeah, okay. For constructed, it's awesome, but uh, for limited, I think we'll try and I mean, we'll probably we'll just make it better. I think what the thing I want to do is uh, get like whenever we draft, even if we're drafting on our own, it's just like after the draft, instead of just like breaking down decks and going to the next draft and you know the usual thing, just like have everyone sit down and just lay out their deck and talk about like picks they made, you know what they're like what was wrong with their deck and what to fix for next time and just stuff like that like actually collect more information than just like i played these cards and i kind of remember what happened <laughs> um yeah like i'm not going to the pro tour but i think it's very relevant to to me and a lot of people because the upcoming ptq season is thero sealed so that's why i wanted to pick your brain a bit and see uh, you know what I can do with like my well, local player base to uh, increase the chance of me finally uh, clinching one of these things. Well, sealed is a different thing. I think uh, sealed you have to you have to play a lot of sealed to get good at sealed. Uh, like when Owen was on his streak two years ago, like there was a reason he beat everyone at sealed. Sealed is usually or can be way way more. Uh, skill intensive than anyone ever thinks it is. Well, it's got a <laughs> reputation of like I open up the best card so I win. Yeah, most people I, I, think it's a joke. Like yeah, uh, I in preparation for like one of the GPs last year was like Gate Crash Limited. I know I played like sealed for days and days and like by the end of it I was just like, yeah, like you know, most sealed pools like there's like two kinds of seal pools. There's the S for control deck seal pool, and there's the not two color deck seal pool. And if your deck isn't one of those, your deck sucks. Like, <laughs> I played against decks that weren't one of those, and they sucked, and I beat them. So, I mean, of course, like once I if I do top eight, I do have to draft, which is why I wanted to pick right. Eight. So, uh, I think for it's I think well part of the thing is that for PTQ season, there's a lot of ability for a player on their own to get in enough drafts that you know, the sample size is big enough for them to get good without necessarily having to test with a group. Right. But like, with a Pro Tour, there's not enough time or access to cards for that. Like, that's actually, like, a big issue is that, you know, the pre-release is one week, the release is the next week, and then you have the motor release, like, a week later, and then the Pro Tour. 
So, like, the week between the pre-release and the release is always dodgy on packs to draft. Like, just every time. And then, like, the packs usually dry up, like, a week, a week and a half later. And then by the time you're looking at it, it getting on Moto, everyone's already traveling. And it's right, very right. easy to just not be able to draft. Yeah, I can see that being an issue. Um, I don't know how many of you guys are going to, like, bring a box or whatever over there so that your well, team has enough. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to figure that out right now and trying to figure out, like, how much we can actually even bring. <laughs> so, like, we don't want to get into a Brazil kind of situation where, like, they have a maximum amount of sealed... I I don't actually know how that works. I, like, all I understand is that what happens is the Brazilian guys will fly into the USA, sit down with cases of magic cards, just open every pack, pull out the rares, put all the commons in a giant box, and just leave it there, and just fly back with boxes of rares. Because oh, apparently yeah. they can't bring back sealed product or something. <laughs> I'm sure some of you guys understand this pain. In, uh, I've heard stories of uh, Canada and sealed product and disasters. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, because like, if you get like the random, like, we're going to look through your luggage at customs, they're going to see that box, and they're not going to buy it. Like, oh yeah, that's 10 bucks. Like, they're going to... You're gonna go over your stuff, and you're gonna get taxed pretty hard on those and fine and all yeah. that nonsense. Yeah, especially in mass volume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you bring back a bunch of open cars, they're just like, uh, the, "What? I can't do shit about that." They don't even know what they're looking at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that there. So there's a great store, RAW Hobbies in Michigan, uh, that I'm basically obligated to name drop because of how awesome they are. Uh, like. Seriously, like, the Michigan competitive magic community, which is, like, a large number of people, is, was pretty much, it, like, there's maybe, like, a couple people who didn't get their start there in terms of that, but, like, they had, like, the Brazilians would come there and, like, open up products, and I think one time they left after M10 or M11, and there was, like, this, you know, three-foot-tall five foot long three foot deep cardboard box overflowing with comments from the like boxes and boxes that they open it was like where they left them and they're like no no that's they they can't carry that <laughs> it's like that was the quantity of product they would just open to take back because just because like the import tax is like a hundred percent there or something wow it's like you import a box and you pay like full retail tax Ugh. Or something ridiculous. Yeah. Was yeah. Like... So, uh, so I gotta ask. Yeah. Um, GP Toronto, you doing it again this year? Uh, I have every plan to go. Nice. Uh, it's like I, you know, I've been doing well at GPS, and there's this like five GP rule and all that stuff, and I might skip some GPS towards the end of the year, or skip some GPS I don't really want to go to. But at the same time, there's also this rule that if you can drive to a GP, what the fuck are you doing not going? <laughs> sure. Good rule. Um, like, I, I even wrote about, like, you're not obligated to play Magic, but, like, I'm, like, why would I skip a GP? It's, like, a, I guess it's, like, six hours. That's nothing. Six hours is, like, no drive at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that far. Now, it's not do you far. like to go out and, like, have a good time after GPs or maybe during GPs or before GPs? Do you imbibe uh, out at all? beverages that kind of stuff so my issue is that i it's like repeatedly comes up like i have all these fun plans at gps and like 
Uh, I think Adam Prozac put it best. I'm like, we were like trying to plan a versus draft, or like loosely plan a versus draft for GP Kansas City. He's like, uh, well, we probably shouldn't count Ari because he'd be too busy like playing top eight or something. And it's just like this problem where like you just win, and you're like, yeah, let's go party. And you're like, I, I'm, I can't. I have to wake up and win Magic in the morning. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so like, if I lose, yes. If I win. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. <laughs> well, in all fairness, you're not like some old man that can't hack it, you know? Like, your body should still be able to handle it, right? Like, you don't have to go and party hard, but go out and... You party light. Yeah. Party light? You can't party light. Come on. <laughs> that's that's the real problem. I just I was thinking, what what is this concept of, like... GP Montreal. Now you're saying if you can drive to Toronto, like, would you be up to like driving to Toronto and then perhaps jumping on a train that might be loaded with a bunch of people wanting to party and drink and then take that to Montreal and then playing the GP afterwards? Wait, what is this? Okay. So, so we're running. Wait, why is there a train? We're running. So, so it's something, something. Something what we brought century up, is this? <laughs> this is something we brought up last last episode. because okay. So GP Montreal is also KYT's birthday week. And it's in his hometown. Oh, boy. Oh okay. boy. So it's quickly becoming this year's coming GP Vegas. I see. So it's like it's the community mecca this time. So we've got you know, like all the guys from all the various social sites, like uh, all the different podcasts and stuff. They're all trying to find a way to fly up here for that tournament in particular um now a bunch of us are leaving from toronto you know because like i live in toronto so i know how far it is from detroit it's not far i drive through Uh, to go to cincinnati like i get it (laughs) actually i'm in Mm. boston now so montreal is closer to me than toronto oh oh okay yeah well then, you could just go right to Montreal. So that's that, or you could now do that... what KYT's doing, and he's going to come what? to Toronto to go to Montreal. So here's so here's what's happening. So since I'm leaving from Toronto, and it's cheaper for a bunch of everybody to fly into Toronto than go all the way to Montreal if they're coming from the West Coast or so. yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to rent out a train car, and and we're just going to go balls out. Rent the train car, get everybody on board. We'll draft, moto, booze cube, whatever. Huh. Yeah, on the Friday on the way up. So you're like, yeah. GP day drunk train. GP day drunk train. Interesting. Very. Is that a, is that a limited GP? Yep. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the born of the gods. Uh, yeah, so so get so, this. So you're already going to be like pro on the format because you're going to fucking be grinding the hell out of it for the pro tour that you're going to have well, to go to. Even better. Uh, I so like I absolutely hate using like they have sleeping special like for constructed. It's just dog shit. Like you don't want to have to like turn in your deck list the night before. Like yeah. manage it. That's just stupid. But like. There's actually like a very legitimate argument for paying someone else to register your deck at a limited GP <laughs> yes, and not yes, having there to do is. that shit. So yes, like, there is. if you want to party all day the day before and wake up at like eleven thirty noon, that's perfectly in the schedule. Uh huh. So huh. so that's happening. Huh. <laughs> yeah, because eventually we're gonna have to get off the train and we're gonna have to go somewhere. <laughs> 
because the party can't end just because we're in Montreal. That means the party has house. to just get started. I see. So, so Montreal is going to be like a stupid epic event. And I don't know if you've heard the rumors, but there ain't no party like a Manatee party because the Manatee party I, don't stop. I've heard more than rumors. I've heard the conf- the groans of people after Toronto <laughs> on day two. The people who were still in day two and attempted to continue playing after that night. Uh-huh. It How- was amazing and to the like, people- go there the next day and see all the people who it's like, okay, I saw him at the party, and you just see like just awkward board state, like guy just doesn't know what's going on anymore. It's like all these people just dropping out of the tournament. <laughs> I think I played uh was was Dan Lanthier at that Dan party? Dan Lanthier, yeah. Yeah, I I think I played him on his upswing. I think he like lost his first few rounds on the day, and like that I played him at like X three a few rounds later. He's like, yeah, man, it was it was real rough to start that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, the party was insane, um, and yeah. they mostly are. So it, I can assure you that Montreal will not be one to miss, and especially if you're in Boston and it's drivable from there. There's literally zero. I also heard some really insane things about the party at Montreal after the Pro Tour, too, now that I think about it. Yes. I actually remember... Yeah. Wait, wait. So that was that party, and the topic was the next day, and I distinctly remember that Jerry and Joel Larson were standing outside of the party smoking and then went the next day and they were just like playing their top eight match and they both had decided just to get drunk instead of test. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I w- okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I remember that correctly. Yeah. yeah. We had a, we had an absolute time. I think we had a really good time in Montreal. Um, I drank a lot that night. <laughs> If you think you had a good time, you yeah. probably did. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, with the fact that we made it to McDonald's at 4 o'clock the next morning, and, or by, like, I guess it was like, it was like 3, last call there was like almost 3 o'clock, we were in the street, 3.30 or whatever. We go to McDonald's, and by the time we, like, finish eating and get back to the hotel, it's after 4. Um, Jeez. And, like, it's not like we were playing, like, it's Sunday, and there's so few people actually playing, right? I mean, we're just doing coverage yeah. anyway. But uh yeah it was it was awesome. It was it was a very 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 powerful night of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one way to put it. Yes. Yeah, yeah it was. There were a lot of people that were in in quite the shape the next day. I can, I can assure you. But yeah, it was it was a good time. Even Helen had a blast, so she, <laughs> she was there and partying it up with party. us. Fuck, you're right, she can party. Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, it's it's definitely going to be uh, absurd. I'm running one back for Toronto, so that'll be a good one. Uh, November 30th, December 1st weekend. I have to figure okay. out where that's going to be. We may actually have Spruik involved as well to try to like do something really big. Oh. Um. We have to just find a venue, and it's something that's on my list of things to do. But I'll work on that. And then Montreal awesome. obviously is going to be like the Vegas for next year, so that doesn't really need any more introduction. Okay. Yeah. Good. I did miss Vegas this year, but I feel like that was a good decision in retrospect. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like, I think at that point, like, if you're going to Vegas and you're going to play in, like, a 4,000-person event, you may as well just, like, not play in the event and uh, just go to Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. World Series of Poker as a 4,000-person event seems much more attractive from an EV standpoint. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 
Well, um, Ari, that's been awesome to have you on the show. Yeah, it was awesome to be on. You are uh, more than welcome. Whenever you uh, want to come vent, give us a shout. Uh, is there anyone awesome. that you want to mention or uh, say hey to before we uh, cut you out? Ooh, I feel like I've name dropped everyone I wanted to name drop already. That's fair. Yeah, I think the subtle progressive approach is where I'm at. <laughs> so if you haven't heard your name by now, you'll have to listen next time. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, any any other thoughts, guys? Anything else that you guys want to throw in here tonight before we uh, wrap the show? Since we are turning the two o'clock, uh, turning the two hour time. I'm good. I, I love Kyle. So <laughs> yeah, uh, Kyle's are going to make this train work. Are we going to make this train happen? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm not flying to Toronto. For no, me. no, I don't think you should. You, <laughs> you do. No, no, no. KYT is going to be responsible for the mass transportation that will have to be arranged. So he has to rent a bus, um, so that we can all go to the hotel or wherever the hell we're going to, or the house. Uh, what did I? What did I see? Are you renting a house? What was this you were talking about with Durf? Is there like a, a, a like a plaza mansion or something that we're doing here? Like, what's going on? Um. So last GP Montreal. Um. Uh, Kyle and his family, his wife and three kids came down and he rented out, um, there was this like pretty sick house that, uh, he rented, he rented like the, the first, the top floor and, and basically I rented the rest of it for, for Durf, Kenji and, uh, Drew, Drew Levin was supposed to actually stay with me as well, uh, in that That's house. That's a pretty wild crew. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, Drew couldn't make it. Um, after all, like, a flight was delayed or or whatever. So, but it was pretty sick just to have a house, like, you know, tables. Uh, we had three three bedrooms for, for me, Durf, and, and Kenji. So it was, like, it was just awesome to, to just be there. But it's in a really weird area. <laughs> it's a really pretty quiet area. But uh, I, I from what I remember, the price was pretty decent. So. We might run it back, and uh, obviously I'll include you in these plans, Scott, uh, before I decide on anything. Well, I mean, like, it's up to you. I, I mean, some people enjoy walking. You know, other people <laughs> learn to live with, you know, hobbled ankles. Uh, it's up to you. You can do whatever you like. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's what, wherever we end up, it's going to be something stupid, um, because we will certainly be throwing a party. I'm also not training home until Monday. So there will be uh, retarded karaoke somewhere um, after smoked meat on Sunday night. So that'll oh. that'll be a thing. <laughs> Forgot about smoked meat. Damn. <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah, they call it Montreal smoked meat because that's where it comes from. Yeah. So excited. All right. Yep. All right, folks. So the train is the train's going to be a go. We just got to make that all happen. Also, one more thing. <laughs> That I gotta mention, you mentioned uh, Ari how sweet it is to have pre-reg pools. So like, so like, I got an email today or the other day or whatever. So our favorite TO Kelly at Harry T is running a monstrous PTQ uh, for Theros on November 9th. and uh, there's VIP sleep in deck reg available for the PTQ. Wow. Jeez. Isn't that epic? Yeah. 
right? How? It's it's pretty wild. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it, though, because yeah. like it. it well, what, mean, his no... last PTQ almost had the same amount of people as GP Calgary, so. Yeah. Really? Jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that huge one that just like came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was it was really really well done, and uh, it's yeah. gonna happen again. Um, here's actually I should probably do some inf- info here. Um, so it's uh, five thousand dollars in prizes, um, thousand to be given away to players who pre-register on and before November seventh. Um, first place gets a box of Modern Masters and a plane ticket and entry to the Pro Tour. Second place wins a box of Modern Masters and a box of Theros or four hundred twenty in singles. Eighth, pl- third through eighth is a- either a box of Modern Masters or 300 in singles. Ninth through sixteenth is either a box of Theros or 120 in singles. Additional four packs will be added to the prize for each player beyond 250. So if they have like 367 players again, like they did last time, they're going to add an additional 13 boxes of Theros to the prize pool. Wow, jeez, pretty sweet, right? That's um, insane. Yeah, there's like, there's uh, what else? Side events are insane. There's like a, a modern GPT for GP Toronto. Uh, first and second place win VIP pre-reg into GP Toronto. First place also wins a box of Modern Masters. Second, third, and fourth win Goifs. And uh, more after that. Seal deck for GP Toronto. Uh, standard GPT for GP Toronto. There's fucking insane drafts too. Zen 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 drafts. Hello. Oh, wow. Right? That's a throwback. Right? So it's pretty wild. Like it's going to be absolutely amazing. Plus like tons of air conditioning. 12,000 square foot venue. <laughs> Tons of air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's Big. important. Yeah. There's room for 504 players comfortably, six per an eight foot table. Jeez. 672 players at a squeeze, which is eight for an eight foot table. Um, attendance is capped at 672. Seven vendors on site. This is a fucking PTQ, Ari. A yeah, PTQ. Attendance is capped at 672 for a PTQ. Man, I wish Moto did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, this is if if you want any more details on that, alright, hit me up and I'll let you know. But like, it's this is fucking dumb. This okay. is this is so dumb. And Thero sealed. So I mean, like, whatever. Yeah. But. That's... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys know where to go. You guys, you guys, we're we're gonna do it right up here in Toronto. And Kelly and I are talking about. Uh, Potentially running a party back on that one too. So, PTQ <laughs> pregame party, post game, post game. Oh, post. Yeah, yeah. So like the Saturday PTQ, and then if you don't win, you get to come out and fucking party and drink your face off. But what if you you can't party if you do win? Well, you can. It's just you're gonna be late. Fine. But I mean, better late with a plane ticket than never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't spill beer on the blue envelope. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Bring it, bring a really big Ziploc bag. I'll make sure I have one for the winter comes. I'll like the monster fucking freezer size Ziploc bag. You'll be like, here, just put it in here. Fucking like, we'll put like punch two holes in just the top, the top side above the zipper so that we can like run a string through it. So you can wear it like a fucking badge. I like uh, that. It's pretty it's sweet. Got class. That's what I'm saying. All right. I had something before we go. Go ahead. Okay. So in Calgary, uh, my friend Jonathan is doing uh, something called. Possibilities, I think is what it's called. <laughs> it looks like. Anyway, so it's a. It is the name of Calgary's bisexual and pansexual community. I didn't know what that was until I learned about this. But anyway, 
They're hosting a gaming convention called Probabilities. Uh, it is on September 21st, which is the same weekend as the uh, pre-release. So anyone in Calgary who is not interested in the pre-release or is interested in taking a break because the pre-release will be over three days, it's at the Alexandra Center Society from 5 to 11. And basically what they're doing is they're just going to run drafts and gaming stuff and everything, and they're trying to fundraise um, basically just for that community. Uh, and something called uh, Safe Place, which I guess is like, this is something that I wasn't really aware of, but I guess sometimes when you go into like a store or a venue or someplace, they'll have like a Safe Place sticker, which I guess means that it's safer or less tolerant there of intolerance than normal. I mean, like it's, I don't know, it's a weird concept to me. Like if I called somebody a faggot at my local gaming store, I wouldn't be tolerated. So I don't know what a safe, um, like a safe place means versus like a non-safe place. But I guess it just means that they're more intolerant of that attitude. Um, but basically, yeah, they're just nerdy gaming stuff and they're trying to fundraise for, I guess, like that community so that they can, I guess, have a place to play and do stuff and raise awareness for that. Um, Adam Zakreski is going to be the head judge. And uh, I guess this month is also Bisexual Pansexual Awareness Month, uh, September, which is something that I guess is important. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that because I think it's important that everybody has a place to play and do what they want to do and, you know, hang out and be safe, I guess. So, yeah, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Yeah, everybody has the right to to safety and being treated equally. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's really sweet, and I hope somebody and or somebody that listens to the show anyway like hears about it here and then goes and checks it out. Um, I'm not sure when I'll be able to make it there because um, it's five to eleven, and I have so many busy things to do. Because um, apparently, when you get married, it doesn't end ever. But um, the questions just change. Yeah, but uh, but I think it's really cool, so I hope everybody goes there. Also, I wanted to thank everybody who is uh, giving and donating stuff to the raffle. Not raffle, but like the... Um, like, what, what did we do? Like a, like a donation drive for these kids that are in this high school? So if you guys will remember the story about David Zelensky, the teacher for for that school. I don't know why KAT's laughing at all this serious the, the the high school has this, like, wicked name. <laughs> I can't remember what it is now. That's why it's funny. It's like... Something Sutherland? It's like Hugh... Oh, Hugh <laughs> Sutherland. Yeah. Hugh Sutherland. It's like Donald Sutherland's not famous son. Canadian cousin. Yeah, Kiefer's, <laughs> Kiefer's little brother who went on to open a school in small town Alberta. The one Hugh. that... The one that nobody likes. So anyway, yeah, so a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork for that, and uh, I'm school finally started, so I finally got a hold of him because he gave me his school email address, and um, they're doing their first magic meeting tonight, and then uh, they generally do stuff during the week, and then once a month they have like a big Friday night tournament thing, so we're going to try to set it up so that we can go out there for that, so if anybody's interested in sending stuff, you can always send it to me because I'm going to take it all out there, but a big thanks to everybody who's donating and face-to-face and lots of stuff coming from 18 members and lots of stuff coming from people across Canada, and so that's really cool. 
And that's your like public service feel good PBS moment of the show. God, Jay, that was like not cunty at all. No, nope. I'm proud of. You. Yep, I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great laugh. <laughs> Possibilities? Question mark. Well, like I was trying to figure out what it was called, and it just says it's called Possibilities, and then I was like, "Is it really That's just bad. called that? That's a fucking what you a weird add, name to just call your thing." Mark. They should add the question mark. Yeah, they should. <laughs> possibilities? Is it possibilities? Okay. <laughs> okay, I think we're good, right? Yeah, we're, we're good. good. All right, guys. That's what's happening. Check y'all next week, I guess. Uh, we'll go over a bunch of comments. We'll talk about the results of Detroit. And a uh, bit more information about this fucking bus. God, I got to get working. Trains. Right. No, 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 no. I've already figured out the train. KYT has to figure out how he's going to pick us all up from the train station with a bus. Uh, next level already. Okay, move along. Keep up. Bye, guys. All right, guys. Have a good night. Cheers. Have a good night. Bitchin'. So, Jay, do you want to introduce us since you've been away for so long? Oh, it was not a suggestion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I should be clear. I thought I was getting... 25 episodes, shut up. <laughs> That's yes, the rule, yes. 25, 25. I, didn't, I, I really wish I could have broken this to you in a more polite and time-sensitive way, but unfortunately, we don't have that luxury right now. So, Jeremy, episode, to your 25th episode, you get to introduce it, okay? Because then you're actually here. Yeah, what if you fuck us? What's well, up? Like, probation ends episode 25. I'm prepared to give you one that you've been on already as good behavior, but that's about it. 25 episodes? Yeah. That's like six months. Yeah. Yeah. Probation's three months in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I, want three... that, I, want that, I want that rolled back. Right, we'll, Nego- we'll, negotiating. You can take that up with your union. Rep, Fifteen we'll di- episodes. Yeah. We'll, di- we'll discuss you it. Take it up, it up with, with your union, union rep. You file a grievance. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, what are we on? One forty-five. I already knew that because I was prepared. Just put it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>